hello, welcome once again to the Cinnabee Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Gary Hill, and with me is Mr. Jeffrey X. Martin. Hello. How are you, sir? I am well. How are you, and how is everyone out there in TV land? They can't answer. I mean, they will, but I can't hear them, so that's fine. Well, if you can hear them. (laughs) I I can hear them if I use Cerebro and just close my eyes. There you go. And with me uh, (laughs) as well is um jamie how are you girl i'm doing well and of course if anyone out there does answer him it'll just be to say they're fine because everyone knows that's the polite thing to do <laughs> i just because oh. no one really cares how you are when they ask right <laughs> oh, god <laughs> yes that southern rudeness coming out so. <laughs> That's what that, that, that. sugar, honey. <laughs> that's 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 Jamie's nana with the Marlboro hanging out of her mouth, just yeah. screaming at people. Uh, that is. Have you seen her? No, I haven't true. seen her. No, <laughs> it's true. <laughs> oh, tell that I tell was... that cop I said to kiss my ass. <laughs> okay, <laughs> but she hasn't done that in years. <laughs> oh yeah, maybe next week. I don't know. We'll see though. I, I love to see those people. And uh, with this is, is uh this time around again. Since the Irwin Allen show, he is uh, the host, well, one of, one of the hosts of the Evil Episodes, and also the Three Warriors. See what I did there? It's a good job. See, Mr. Mike Merriman, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing excellent. And, uh, Gary, I need to sample that sound for our promo that we're going to be recording. Cause, Don't uh, do that. I still have to convince three people to sing it just like that. So uh, we'll see how that goes when we all convene this Sunday. But uh, thanks for having me again. It was uh, it was awesome when I signed up to do this episode like two years ago, and we finally uh, got around to it. So hey, Mike, maybe one day we'll get around to the demons episode for Road Devour. I know. Devour. I, yeah. That was like three years ago. Yeah, I know. I'm still. I mean, maybe there will be another Devour episode. Ever. Period. <laughs> Uh, I check the feed every day. And, yeah, uh, there's nothing going. Yeah, I would tell you. If yeah, uh, I hope so. But uh, thanks for having me, Gary. It's uh, it's great to be here. By the way, Mike, I can't sing that high for Theme Warriors. It's just going to be me doing like a white accent. <laughs> theme Warriors. <laughs> yeah, I'm holding out hope that either Doug or Iris can, because I certainly can't either. White. <laughs> Oh, Hoyt Axton. He's, he's a treasure. That's an awesome name. I just love that name. <laughs> oh, my God. Smoke the yeah, David. Every, every, every time I see David, he's uh, making tunes that the young people will enjoy, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, he's got time for that, apparently. <laughs> I'm not <I> bitter. <laughs> just kidding. I don't know. <laughs> oh, boy. That's an that's a old... Piscopo, I think it was Piscopo's Saturday Night Live reference for doing Frank Sinatra. Yeah, Frank sings songs that young people will enjoy. That's good stuff. Anyway, uh, I'll start with the show like we always do. What you guys been watching? I'll defer to Mike. What you been watching, man? Well, uh, I've been watching a lot of TV, kind of, because that's what I do for the show. Even though, for the most part, we're really in between a lot of the horror shows right now uh american horror story wrapped up a few weeks ago uh lucifer just started so we're we've seen the premiere or at least i have i don't know if jamie's watched it yet for those that don't know she is a co-host on evil episodes uh 
what else off until it gets close to the show so it'll be fresh yeah i i might do that sometimes i rewatch too late you already watched it i could rewatch it because <laughs> we'll only be a couple episodes into I it <laughs> the x-files also came back which i guess that's more sci-fi than horror but it's a cousin to horror so we'll probably be talking about that on the show uh, i just watched the howling which me and gary had a spirited debate over whether howling or howling 2 is the better movie it's not my fault that chick is a manchichi at the end of that movie, okay? It just it just it just makes me sick a little bit, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> it makes and, you want to hug her not every for mall me, so that's all I'm saying. Yeah. And uh I guess as far as horror, that's that's pretty much all in the last week or so. Just been so busy with work and kids that uh and I in the in the last week I've recorded my show doing this spot and then Sunday we're recording uh theme warriors which for those unfamiliar it's it's kind of like the re-return of the sidecast because it used to be called not so evil episodes which was never meant to be a permanent title but we went maybe what a year year and a half never coming up with something new then uh x had to depart because of other exciting uh avenues to explore and I don't even think we intentionally meant to not record an episode since he left, but it just happened to coincide when my second daughter was born. It so made I me really... feel guilty, dude. <laughs> I, it really – it's like I left and they were like, oh, fuck the show. And I was like, what? Yeah. It, it was really more a time issue. I mean, How it made you feel powerful, admit it. We we had like a theme picked out for like that following Without month. Me, it's nothing. <laughs> we were like – we were starting to search for like a, a fill-in guest and then – I'm like, man, I just don't got the time. I, I have a, a daughter that's in her third year and a newborn. One podcast and the various guest spots I do is taking up the free time I got. And, uh, you know, some time went by. Things became a little more manageable. I was like, let's bring it back, but let's actually come up with a good title. And as Gary so eloquently sang, Theme Warriors is obviously a take on Theme Warriors. And it's the podcast where every episode has a theme so uh i'm glad it's coming back and i'm glad that jeff is back for it because it it, it kind of wouldn't feel right <laughs> without i thought i you know we used to always have different guests every month besides me and doug and then once we got me doug jeff and iris it kind of felt like the four of us had a good thing going so i'm glad that jeff has the time to at least come back for now, and we'll see for the future. Yeah, because you couldn't possibly find anybody else to get a harsh buzz on and argue with Tilly <laughs> about movies. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> what do you expect? He's Canadian. <laughs> Tilly. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much what I've been up to. What you... Okay. What you been watching next? Um, we just tracked through the entire Harry Potter series because of Ellen Rickman. And goddamn, the Deathly Hallows movies are just, that's just Schindler's List for witches, man. That's just the hardest goddamn thing to watch. You can't even say anything when it's done. It's not like, oh, that was a good movie. It's just like, oh, someone just tore my heart out of my asshole and I need to go sit for a while. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, we did that. Um, been watching the X-Files. Like Mike said, I've been recapping them for um, both Dirge and Pop Shifter. I'm really enjoying them so far because I'm a huge X-Files fan, and this just, it feels right. Does it make you feel like it's a show all about you? 
The X Files. <laughs> God, I hope not. Because <laughs> if it is a show all about me, my ears are going to drop off, and I don't know how to handle that. Um, which, you'll, if you've seen it, you'll get that because it's alien kids, no ears. Look like look like Voldemort. So there, yeah, we just went full circle. Yeah, Harry Potter and the X Files. That's pretty much that's been pretty much my life lately. Fair enough, uh, Jamie. Well, uh, we went to see the boy. All right. Uh, okay. <laughs> don't ever we decided it was. And how was that? How was that? What about the boy? How was that? We liked it. Um, it was actually better than I expected. It had this really cool kind of 80s vibe. Um, uh, and I want to get more specific about why, but I can't uh, without spoiling anything. But um, there's this, uh, it just, I really liked it. I, I liked it a lot. So uh, that was fun. Uh, other than that, we've got the B episode of uh, ABC's of Hidden Horror coming out soon. And so... Uh, we watched the movies for that, which since that one's coming out, I've already posted on the page what they are. So hey. it's um, <laughs> but I can't remember what they are. Um, <laughs> I know, I know, one of them is Boogeyman Two. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Boogeyman Two, Book of Shadows, Blair Witch Two, and um, I broke the sequel the sequel chain with The Burrowers, and so that's going to be coming out. We just released our top ten episode of the year, where each one of us, Dave, Brian, and myself, give our top ten list for 2015. That's just a bonus episode, and then uh, just watched uh, Cheerleader Camp. Um, uh, what else have I watched? Oh, watched uh, the Dick Miller documentary the other day, which is really good. Watched the movie Ted Bundy, um, which if anyone has seen that, it's like a, um, I think it was from like 2003 or something like that. But it's a uh, sort of a docudrama kind of thing uh, where they, I mean, it's basically a little more hardcore than Deliberate Stranger. Um, but they actually use some, it's not all great. But I still dig it, and uh, they actually use some real footage from – they use the sentencing footage from his trial, but you just see the back of his head because I guess they didn't want to confuse you since Ted Bundy wasn't playing himself uh, in the movie. And um, then, like, you see where people were holding signs outside the prison when he was about to get executed and, you know, stuff like that, which was, you know, kind of neat. And some news footage, which was pretty interesting. Um, and then – just some, um, I don't know, other random bullshit. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, it's, it's fine, you know. <laughs> but those are, I guess, the highlights, or at least what I can remember. <laughs> yeah, I, I have a hard time remembering as well. I can say I, I did not watch The X-Files because I'm not going to pretend I'm a super fan of the show, but, you know, it, it, I enjoyed the first couple seasons. I just, uh, I, um, yeah, I just didn't give it didn't give it a watch yet, but I hear, I hear good things, so maybe I, I will. Uh, give it a watch and uh, not feel left out, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> We've got it DVR'd, but we haven't watched it yet. And I don't know. I fell off that show after about season four, I guess. Yeah, that's, that's where I was too, right around and, there. And um, I just, eh. I mean, I watched a few, I cherry picked a few episodes after that, but I stopped watching it regularly at that point. Mm. Yeah, I, can, I understand that it got a little uh, repetitive there after a while and. I just got kind of bored with it, so I just didn't really – not that I quit, I just didn't go back to it. I could say it about a lot of shows. 
I still need to finish Justified, and that that's mm-hmm. a, that's going to be a thing. The word you're looking for is apostate. Bastards. I don't spell I don't, I don't spell them big words, man. That's all I'm saying. Who's talking about your prostate? <laughs> it's I kind of personal. Shun, shun. That kind of show. I'm nearing forty. You know, <laughs> these are important things. You know. <laughs> that in your uh, yeah, in my colon, yeah. <laughs> um, I like I told Merriman I watched a faculty because I hate myself and uh. That's a film I got. I got a I got a deal on to buy it, so I, I pulled the trigger, and it's still kind of mediocre to me. I don't know how to explain these things. Why you know these are a bunch of young actors who have done better things. You don't like John any... Stewart as the Jewish alien? <laughs> I like him better with the eye patch at the end of the movie, <laughs> which is about the only place you could say you could see freaking uh, John Stewart with an eye patch is in the faculty. But I think that uh, yeah, these these young people that are in this movie have been in better things, and or in, in no in no world, including this one, I don't think Elijah Wood can bang Jordana Brewster. That's that's just not no. But uh, Elijah, it's, it's Elijah Wood can bang any dwarf-sized woman he wants, and you know this to be true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it's but, 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 but yesterday. I think it was yesterday. Oh, was? It was either yeah. yesterday or today. He, he turned eleven Zs. <laughs> yeah, I want to say he turned thirty-five. I did not realize he was that much younger than me. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> not that it's a huge gap. I mean, you know, it's not no, like I'm no. fifty-seven. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about a film that I actually enjoyed. <laughs> I, I watched *Tron Legacy*, and that's still excellent. If you like that kind of thing. That was a sequel I thought would never come, but it uh, it came, you know, on my face, neck, and chest. That's all I'm saying. It, it was like, <laughs> like, yeah, that was that was good stuff. I, I got to see it in the IMAX theater when it came out. So oh. <laughs> I've still never seen that Bukaki Tron. Bukaki, it was it was excellent. It blew it blew my mind, man. Um, what what Ooh. else? What I'm sorry. Oh, I was just gonna say something. I just. Fucking remember that I watched uh, Turbo Kid. I finally saw, and it was goddamn excellent. Uh, Is it really gory? I've heard it was really gory. Yeah, I mean it's just today, as a matter of fact, on a podcast. It's very bloody. I would say more bloody than gory, but it it gets the job done. I mean it's it's cool. The style that it is, it's it's very satisfying. A lot of people are saying like it's like a Mad Max. If Mad Max was like a middle schooler or a high schooler, uh, but you know, I didn't. I, I've seen the trailer and I, I heard a lot of good things about it. And then I guess it hit kind of hit Netflix a little while ago, and I just never had time. And I was homesick a couple of days with a sick kid, so I was like, hey, I guess I got time to watch it. See and if it it's if Mad Max good. started off when he was a middle schooler, then the second one he'd be a high schooler. Then the third one it could be when he goes to college, and you could call it in the Thunderdome. Oh, oh! Oh, and come on! Exit stage left. Somebody out there's laughing. <laughs> Y'all are not allowed to give me shit anymore. <laughs> <laughs> because goddamn, that was Brian. Funny. You just killed Brian on Bloodborne with that. Joke. <laughs> He doesn't even, he's not even paying attention to me. He is hacking and slashing right now. Hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, I watched Batman Assault on Arkham, the animated film, which is basically, if you want to 
get to know the Suicide Squad. That's a, a animated film that you could watch because that's what it's all about. Them breaking into Arkham and stealing stuff for Amanda Waller. So, yeah, watch that if you want to get to know the Suicide Squad before the movie comes out. Uh, I watched School Days, uh early Spike Lee movie. Not like that Chirac piece of crap like I bitched about last time. This was uh, early Spike Lee, so it was excellent and fun. And, you know, and I uh, I had a good time watching it because I've watched it a really long time. Uh, I also watched that guy, Dick Miller, which uh, need, need, no need to say anything about it because uh, Dick's, uh, Dick's a great guy, and uh, you guys should watch that. It's like a loving tribute to him. And... Oh, I think the best thing I watched all week was um I caught up caught up with it. It's always sunny. It's it's always sunny in Philadelphia, nice. and uh they had, they had an episode you know what I'm talking about, Mike, where they had, um they went to a, a, a ski lodge and yeah, it was like a yeah. big old big old spoof on them sexy uh, ski movies of the '80s and Dean Cameron shows up. Hell yeah! And, and it and it's magical. You know, so there you go. Yeah, because at the very beginning, you're like, are they doing a riff on? And then once he shows up, you're like, yep. So if you like Dean Cameron, you like It's Always Sunny, uh, be sure you catch like the episode before the new one. So it was uh, a lot of fun to watch. And um, yeah, not much else on my end to watch. I, I'm sure I watched a lot more than that because I'm a potser at work who watches movies at work. So we'll move on, though, to our beeps of the week. What's pissing you off, sir? What's pissing me off? Oh, shit. The uh, the Martyrs remake is on VOD. I have not watched it. I don't want to. But the fact that I've been reminded of its existence is pissing me off. Um, I know sometimes I'm wrong about remakes. They don't always suck. But in my opinion, more times than not, they do. So I don't like being reminded that it's out there. And it is. What else is pissing me off? Uh, Very little, because Mike is one of the most laid-back people you will ever meet in your life. He never gets angry. Yeah, I'm pretty happy-go-lucky. I actually scream at him sometimes. I'm just, like, screaming at him, and he's just like, eh. (laughs) (laughs) I hate the fact that I haven't had time to go to the theater, because I wanted to go see The Boy, and I kind of wanted to go see The Forest just for the hell of it. Um, So it sucks that I haven't had time, but... When you got kids and I get sick, that consumes your life. Uh, what else? Um, I I don't know if a possible Slenderman theme for the next season of American Horror Story really pisses me off. I'm just kind of like, I don't know what to think about it. I don't know if it's strong enough to to be a theme for the whole season. But then again, it's like I try not to think too much about it because I don't really think it's been confirmed. So there's that. Uh, what else? That that could be it, you know, since I'm the big TV horror guy and we're in between most of the shows right now, uh, I, I'll i probably be more pissed off about stuff if I come back, like, in the next couple months when all the shows are, like, back on. Fair enough. Um, Jamie, move on to you, girl. Uh, I've really just been angered by more of the same shit that angered me the last time we recorded, and I'm just I'm pissed off at feminists. I'm just so much to the point that I have officially renounced the word i am no i refuse it i will not use it i am an equalist because feminism has become and it actually i guess has been this way for a while i just didn't realize it because i it's not 
my ideology. I, um, but it really just has become so, I don't know, angering. You know, I've just seen too many things recently where they're using bullying tactics and it's not about equality. It's about, you know, uh, it's strictly about raising women up and getting men to disappear completely, which is just, I mean, it's just bullshit. And it, it just, I don't know. It's like I actually watched this um, this footage from a, uh, a council where they were talking about how, you know, things that they wanted to implement in the office setting. And one of them was that uh, in a meeting, women get to speak first because, you know, they're tired of men monopolizing the time. And so women always get to speak first. I'm like, well, how is that not sexist? You know, I mean, I'm just, it angers me so much that it is because that it is just so incredibly sexist that, uh, you know, the other way, like they have overcorrected so far the other way that I can't stand them. So I refuse the word. I will not be one. I am an equalist and that's for everyone, regardless of race, color, religion, I don't care, nationality, whatever you are. I am just, I think everyone should be equal, period. And so that's what I strive for. So fuck feminists. It's official. There. Yay, trophy wife. No, I'm just kidding, you know. No, I mean, it's just, no. I still am fighting for the same ideals that, I mean, I want equality. I don't I don't want to be better than men. I don't want to overtake men. I don't want men to have to feel guilty about every single thing they do. It's ridiculous. I mean, everything is, I watched this video the other day where this girl was like, I've been raped by my family. I was raped by my father when he hit my mother. I was raped by my brother when he teased someone else's sister. I was raped by my sister, I mean, by my mother when she called someone else's daughter a slut. I, I am raped every day by looks and words and, and, you know, ideas. And I'm like, fuck you. You just are basically you were taking away from the, you know, what people have actually suffered, what people have gone through who have actually been raped. You were diminishing what they are going through, people who have actually been raped. I'm so sick of it. Stop it. Learn what words mean. Use them properly. And stop making stop making it out like every time a guy looks in your direction, he's doing something fucking wrong. I'm sick of it. So there. All I'm saying are my eyes are up here. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I, I don't have to take it, you know. <laughs> Oh my God! Yeah, I, I, I've said I've met women like that who procrastinate and stuff like that. You know, my problems become your problems, become my issues, become your issues, and I've uh, I haven't seen that extreme, but I'm I'm waiting for it. Well, I mean, just I'm not a victim, and I am fully responsible for everything I do and do not have in my life. I'm not blaming. I cannot blame anyone else for anything that I have done or haven't done. And I'm damn straight not just going to blanket blame, you know, the patriarchal society for everything that I'm not happy with in my life. It's just, oh, it's so, uh, yeah, I'm move on. I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm sorry. I get so fucking angry. Um, X, you have anything there? Anything to add here, sir, for your, your beef of the week? I am raped by the Sonic 999 deal because most of the time I don't have a car. <laughs> <laughs> you, <you're laughs> 
No, here's the deal. Well, you know, last week we had this fucking snowmageddon. The ice catastrophe finally hit, and we were ready for it, man. We laid in supplies. We were hunkered down because this is the South, and we don't take that shit lightly. So <clears throat> we had everything just ready to go for, you know, a, a sawny bean kind of weekend. We were ready to eat each other if we had to. We got a dusting. Not even an inch of snow. That's not fair, and that's not cool, because we need at least one good snow during winter just to make sure that all the goddamn stinging insects die. Yeah. And we I had did, a friend who got didn't a, get a, it. a friend back home. He posted a photo of his dusting, and he's like, so, Snowmageddon 2016, we will rebuild. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I was just – I was – dying laughing and i'm like you know let me know if you need to if you need me to send bottled water and canned goods i'm on it you know and then one of his one of his like friends on facebook actually posted that's a joke compared to what i got well no fucking shit dude it is a joke it is a joke you ass (laughs) (laughs) so we just sat around eating milk sandwiches anyway because fuck it what else are we supposed to do when you know we can actually get out and go to the store and get whatever we need So that's my beef, and it's against, I don't know, the universe, nature. Absolutely nothing I can do about it now, but I was pissed. That's mm. it. That's that's my entire beef. My beef is snow. Your beef is snow. Arby's roast yeah, we, snow. The rapper <laughs> snow? <laughs> oh. oh. No, we didn't get back. He no, wishes he got 12 inches. Yeah, we didn't get 12 inches of snow. We got a dusting of snow, so more like Studio 54. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I not get that unconscious. I think that was the name of his album, 12 Inches of Snow, and that kind of, okay, it blows my mind now, you know. He's informing me all the time, see. Sorry, Nothing. I got I got the, and I was laughing at your Studio 54 reference, too, and then, but my mic was muted. <laughs> but I didn't want you to, I didn't want you to think I didn't think it was funny. But I was like, did anybody catch that? Okay, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> I was just, you know what? That was retaliation for your shitty response to my joke. That's why I was like, "Fuck him! He's not getting a laugh out of me, damn it!" Fucking Sonic. <laughs> those those chili cheese tots are delicious. Thought they right now. Oh. Throw some sour cream and jalapenos on them, and that's that's golden right there. Mm. Call those Irish nachos, Jack. Oh I'm my done god! Done. <laughs> I'm done though. You know, I could actually have a beef about Sonic, too. I am so fucking sick of our local Sonic. Jesus Christ. They sh- they are uh, shitty. That's all. Explain. Oh, no. Ours is, too. Yes, they always fuck up my order. I'm the only person in the car whose order they fuck up. Yeah, we just, okay, we, four times recently we have tried to go, because we've been in the area, and all we wanted to get was um, diet cherry candy slushes with nerds that's it that's all we wanted to get because we love those and um by the way if you've never had one they're delicious but um if you can get them uh, because the first time we went through or attempted to go through their drive through speaker was down only they didn't tell anyone they just let you sit there for you know like 15 minutes and then people were starting to drive away and then they just weren't coming to the window. And and this time of year around here, that's the only way you can get anything from Sonic because they don't they don't service the drive up areas in the wintertime. 
So you, it's drive through or nothing. Like you're screwed. And they were just like, you could see them in there and you could see they were open. The open sign was on. It was like in the middle of the day. This was like two o'clock in the afternoon. You could see them in there and they're just letting people sit in the drive through. So I was like, fuck you. So we drove off the next time we went through. Their slush, their slush machine was down. I'm like, God damn it. So then the next time we went through, I don't actually remember whatever the next time was we went through. We still didn't get one. So a while ago or like last week we were um, in the area and I'm like, I'm going to try this shit one more time. And so we went through again and we took our, the drive through thing was working. So they took our order and then we still ended up sitting like in that, you know, like once you place the order and then before you pick it up, you're in that little trapped zone. It's like, damn it, I've already placed my order. I don't want to leave now because now I'm really looking forward to it. They, they're they making it right now. And um, so we it took us a total of – oh, and then they had a guy come out because they were so backed up. They had a guy come out and take payment while you're in line. So at some point I had already paid for it. Anyway, we ended up waiting a total of 30 minutes to get them – and then the guy is like standing in the window holding them and someone is telling him that's not their order. And I'm like, yes, it is. And he's like, yes, it is. And they're like, no, it's not. And he's just standing there holding them. I'm like, stop teasing me and give me them. So we finally got them and they had barely put any nerds in them. I was so angry. I'm like, do you know what this moment means to me? I've worked up to it so much. So then I turned to Brian. I'm like, why don't we just go to 7-Eleven, get a, get a slushy. And put some fucking nerds in it ourselves. <laughs> it's not the same. And yeah, that's exactly what he said. He's like, it wouldn't be the same. And I'm like, no, I know, but god damn it. Uh, anyway, they just they make me so angry because every single time they're so shitty, yet I keep going back. You know, when you were talking about, you know, the guys, the people being in the window and not doing anything, just just letting it lie. It reminds me of a scene from one of my favorite films of all time. I watch like once a month, so I'll never mention on the show that hey, I watched Hook. Because I love Hook and I watch it a lot, and uh, the part where Captain Hook tries to turn Peter Pan's son again, and he just starts crying for no reason. He saw us and we were there, and he can reach us, you know. And like, no, just stop it. You know? <laughs> I was sitting here trying to think where there was a Sonic drive-through in Hook. <laughs> oh, there, there might have been one. It's in Neverland because you never get your fucking food. <laughs> You got to use your imagination, man. <laughs> and then you get a fucking feast. Roofie! Oh, come on. Oh. God damn it. Nobody gotta, picked up on that. Jesus. Gotta go, we got to go full tilt, man. I need a crowd for this, okay? With the roofie on. Roofie free. Oh. I'm okay. in an apartment. Oh, see, dude. I thought you said Ruthie. I thought it was a Seventh Heaven reference. <laughs> oh, I had my microphone mute owed, so you didn't hear me. Yeah. You know what? Just never mind. <laughs> I was looking for like yeah, a Rocky Horror no Picture Show sort of thing, and it's just not happening. <laughs> Rufio oh. has no neck. Okay. <laughs> oh my god! But yeah, <laughs> my beef. I promised the guy without the, the U.S. government again. I probably, probably NSA is probably listening, but you know, I think that the situation in, in Flint, Michigan, just fucking sucks though, because they can't uh, get yeah. clean water. Oh, dude, tell me about it. And dude. they're still getting. They're still getting charged for the water that they can't fucking use. Right. Which it, is, it the, is that's so... the, what pisses me off the most. Uh-huh. Is that, I mean, Flint is already goddamn poor, right? I mean, it's just it's it's fucked up. And now now they're being charged for this water they can't use. Did you hear that Pearl Jam just donated like three hundred million dollars? Yeah. 
Uh, where the fuck did Pearl Jam, Pearl Jam get $300 million? <laughs> $300,000. That's, that's the part that blows my mind the most. <laughs> it's because they never stopped touring. They never stopped touring. People apparently still really want to fucking hear Jeremy live. Yes, yes, they do. My, my buddy's a member of the fan club. He gets tickets every time. You know. Wow. Because you can only hear it about six times on radio rotation every hour. So. Right? It's the owl song. Ooh, 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 ooh. <laughs> I'm sorry, Gary. Go ahead. Yeah, angry about Flint. Me too. Right, right, right. Dying people. Sorry about the whole Pearl Jam thing. No, that's okay. Pearl Jam, uh, Pearl Jam's help of the peoples, and I'm fine with that. But I'm, I'm not gonna dwell on that. But it's it's a bad situation. So if you guys know any way to donate water to Flint, please go do that eventually. You know, like very soon, if you will. <laughs> but uh. I can tell you that uh, locally here, uh, Hardcore Pawn, uh, the shop from the TV show Hardcore Pawn, is taking water donations. So if you have, um, if you want to drop off, if you're in the area and you want to drop off, um, like cases of bottled water to be donated to Flint, then you, that's one place I know you can take them. Yeah, that's, that's, that's wonderful. Um, yeah, I don't have many more beefs. I have a pretty good week, actually, except for the, the lack of time for editing because, you know, people keep, Stuff keeps getting in my way to edit, but I had the show uh, was put out today. Had the day we're recording this, so yay! Listen to our banter; it'd be fun for you. <laughs> um, but yeah, we'll get into the films now, I guess. Uh, we doing our our little creatures episodes that aren't ghoulies, gremlins, or uh, <laughs> or critters, but they kind of have a lot in common with those those things in these movies, and um, those films being hobgoblins. Yeah, baby. Uh, Munchies and a film I've been looking for excuse to do since, uh, shit, the show's inception. Uh, The Gate. <laughs> so I'm not sure which one of these go in. So we'll just start with, uh, I think we're going to end this strong with The Gate. So we'll start with Hobgoblins first, I guess. And, uh, we'll go with that right through the trailer. For 30 years, a sinister secret lay hidden behind these walls. I don't want to have to remind you a second time. Just stay clear of this area. But there is something mysterious about this place that draws him closer to the truth. I'm going down that hallway. I'm going in for a closer look. Stop whatever you're doing! Don't go near the vault! And tonight, that secret is going to come out. The Hobgoblins are back. We're too late. And they're looking to party. Come on, I recognize it anywhere. Stop breathing all over me. She must be happy to see him. No one is safe from these cagey critters. Just have a power. They can tap into your brain. Sense the things that you really want to do. What's wrong with that? They also try to kill you. But first, they will grant your heart's desire. Do you kiss on the first date? I go all the way on the first date. My kind of woman. Then they will uncover your most secret fantasies. Amy would never come to a place like this. Let's go, Miss Proudfriend. Miss Amy Oh, my God. And when your wildest dream is about to come true... Get off the stage! These gruesome gremlins turn it into a nightmare. What's going on here? Just a problem involving some small predators, sir. We need to stage a diversion. And I have just what you need. Because getting everything you want 
Hobgoblins from 1988. It gets a 2.3 on your IMDb, which is very well deserved. Uh, plot synopsis is this. A young security guard must track down diminutive aliens who kill people even if they, even as they make their fantasies come true. Uh, this is written, directed, written and directed by the same guy. And it's probably nobody you know in it, so we're not going to even bother with their names. Wayne Whitaker. Oh, yeah, Dwayne Whitaker, yes. What I thought was Kenneth J. Hall in the movie, but I, I was totally wrong because he got, kind of looks like him. <laughs> um, I, I'll start with, with uh, Mr. Merriman, the guy that wanted to be on the show so bad. What would you think of Hobgoblin, sir? What the hell was I thinking? Um, <laughs> Hobgoblins. This is the he first time I've me. seen it. It could be the last time I see it. It's not very good. Uh, my initial thought is the Hobgoblins kind of resemble... If your listeners have seen Ghoulies, which I'm sure they have, they kind of somewhat resemble like the cat-looking Ghoulie. Um, yes. They're just bigger, and there's lots of them, or, you know, a handful of them, I guess. Um, because I had never seen this one, I didn't really have expectations either way. I When I posted that I was watching it for the show, I had many replies from various people saying, oh, God, I'm I'm sorry. Uh, I tried to block that out and be like, you know, some people just don't like stuff that I like. Uh, no, they were all right. <laughs> it, it's pretty damn bad. Um, like I said, when we were originally going to do another one, the spookies, I had no idea if that one was going to be worse. Um, I would say I'm trying to, I'm, uh, hmm. is this the worst out of the three? Perhaps not. Um, but it's pretty bad. Uh, yeah, I I want to see what you guys think before we really dive into it. So I'll throw it to whoever the next person is. I but it was it was bad. <laughs> um, X. I think you're wrong. Um, I really enjoyed this movie. I thought it was <laughs> what I did. I thought it was a really funny '80s comedy, full of innuendo, full of just weird extended segments like the rake fight that have no place being in a movie. But I don't know, man. I really, I I really enjoyed this flick. I don't understand why people don't like it. It's like zapped with hand puppets. So I don't know, not enough nudity, but enough silliness and, you know, dirty jokes to make it watchable. I dug it. Uh, Jamie. I'm with you, X. Uh, Thank you. The, the first time I watched this movie, it was on a Saturday morning, and it was the Mystery Science Theater version, which, by the way, Mike, if you ever run across that, I recommend checking that out. You might enjoy it more. But the first time I ever saw this movie, it was when Mystery Science Theater covered it, and I thought it was hilarious. So uh, the next time I was out shopping, I ran across, uh, like DVD shopping, I ran across this movie and I'm like hell yes I'm picking this up and it's not the I got the regular version just because my friends and I used to like to sit around and play mystery science theater ourselves you know so um, like this is going to be so much fun for that and uh, it, it is I mean I've seen it several times since then and I think it's really fun and enjoyable I don't really get why people hate on it so much I mean I it is bad I mean, don't get me wrong it's a bad movie but it is one that I find thoroughly enjoyable. 
And I mean, it just has a whole lot of nonsensical parts to it. And the actual hobgoblins themselves are, <laughs> are just beyond ridiculous. Like, I mean, it's just, to me, they look like, uh, like rip off glim- gremlins with sticks up their ass. Like someone has like a, a gremlin stuffed animal or a, like a gremlin plush toy jammed on a stick and they're using it as a puppet. That's what they always remind me of. But uh, I think it's hilarious. Like I just, I really, really, really have fun with it. So this one, I was looking forward to this one. And um, you know, I think still holds up for that. Um. Yeah, Miriam, you're you're alone on this one because I I, uh, I I enjoyed it pretty much too. It's kind of that like that weird blend between like, like I don't know if you'd even call it a horror film, but like a sex comedy and kind of a, a horror comedy, I guess you would call it. You know, I, I don't think the the jokes really landed all that well. Like like X mentioned with the the Star Trek esque you know battle with the rakes. I don't know what that was about at all. I guess <laughs> who was the manliest of men because this guy rented a tape for him and his girl to watch, but apparently they're hanging out with the wrong, a more fast crowd than they are. Cause we don't watch films unless they're rated X at least, you know, that that was a, that was a, a funny through line there. That they're friends that don't really belong with them, but the, the, his girlfriend wanted to be a little more freakier than normal. And, uh, that's a, that, 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 that kind of made me laugh. Uh, I, I think it's well to be noted that in the IMDb trivia, it said the hobgoblin puppets were operated by a woman who had recently been released from a mental hospital. So, that, if that does anything for you, you know that that, that kind of makes you laugh because they didn't they didn't really <laughs> move they didn't, they didn't really move a lot and you know no they, they didn't just, that's why it looked like toys on sticks to me yeah yes when um late phases came out I actually posted a side by side photo of a hobgoblin and the <laughs> werewolf uh, one of the werewolves from late phases and um I was like yeah one of these is a hobgoblin one of them is a werewolf you guys tell me which one because. Um, that's what they kind of reminded me of, which was the only complaint I had about late phases was I wasn't crazy about the werewolf design and it's because they fucking look like hobgoblins to me only, you know, much bigger. Um, yeah, I love, I love the locations and like the, the, the club location was a lot of fun. It was a cl- club. I forget the name of the club, but it was, uh, it was a lot of fun with the band and the club scum club scum. Yes. Had the weird MC and the girl with the beehive haircut. And you know, that, that was, a. Uh, that was really strange. And the Fontanelles were a great band. I don't care what anybody says. I fucking love the Fontanelles. <laughs> yeah, they were a lot of funny. They're mostly music for this film, too, by the way. Yeah. But um, I'll, I'll put it to you, uh, Mike. Mind was there Fontanelle. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Make sure he gets his dip tat. <laughs> you got to do that, huh? <laughs> Mike, I'm going to ask you first. Are there any redeeming scenes that you enjoyed in this film that you want to talk about? I mean, the hobgoblins themselves, I thought, were fine. Like, the design of them uh, was fine. But, man, I need to I need to go rewatch this and see if it's so bad that it should be good. Mike doesn't like uh, this movie, and I can't there's something wrong with his semen. Say, that reminds me. I'm sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no, uh, but as of my first and only viewing thus far, no, there is no redemption. <laughs> wow. Fair enough. Uh, X, are there any redeeming scenes? Or, I know you like the film. What, what are some scenes you like in the film? You know, the part I thought was really funny was that, it, oh, what was it? The the fucking road. I keep th- I keep thinking reservation road, but I don't think that's right. When they go to make out when, with, with the stripper that he's got on the phone sex. 
on the phone sex line, and she keeps going, do you want to go all the way? want to go all the way? And there's a fucking sign that says, all the way, with a hobgoblin behind it. I laughed so hard. I thought that was just amazingly funny. So, yeah, I really love this movie. What was she talking about? Like, some kind of, like, weird animal thing or something, you know? I, I, I forget for her. It was some really weird in you know, that was turning this guy on. It was something really bizarre. I don't know. I just loved that character in general. Hi, thanks for calling. And she just starts going off about some weird shit. I'm bent over a school desk and I'm dressed up like Hitler. It just all this weird shit. It was just, I don't know. It just really funny to me. <laughs> Great. Any other uh, redeeming uh, scenes for you, man? Well, that was, that was like one of my favorite scenes. Oh, fair enough, Jamie. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Mind you, don't cut that was yourself, the... Mordecai. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I've been sitting on that one waiting for my turn. <laughs> You'd be amazed how often that's get said around this house, Me by too. the way. <laughs> uh, nobody sleeps naked in this house, boy. <laughs> um, Sorry, what the fuck was that? Oh, yeah. Uh, it's already been mentioned, but to me, one of, and it's such a stupid, stupid thing. It really is, but I can't stop laughing the whole time. Is that great fight scene? I just, I love it. I love it. I think that is super hilarious. And, um, I, I refer to that as lawn far. <laughs> <laughs> it tickles me so much. It really does. Um, yeah, that's what I, that is easily one of my favorite scenes. Just I can't stop laughing. Mm. Yes, there's, there's lots of there's lots of fun stuff to watch. I, I, I have to watch all the way. You don't have to watch all the way through credits. You watch it through the credits by by giving you more, more stuff to look at, you know, which is which is always fun for me. And if else is as, as silly as it may be, um, if and we I love the release, we can't rightly drop. And if and we drop, <laughs> we're gonna be in motion. Uh. Done. Sorry. <laughs> oh no. I'm all, no, I'm all, I'm all flawed. That's okay. Um, yeah, any scenes at the club were, were a lot of fun. I think the, the film really lit up for, you know, for some reason, when they turned the fantasies on, I, I love that the, the one that thought he was fucking G.I. Joe all the time just started chucking grenades everywhere. He had endless supply of grenades. He just was blowing up everything, and that was a lot of fun to me. Um, kind of gives a different spin to going commando, doesn't it? Yes, indeed. Uh-huh. This is the ripoff is the gremlinist gremliniest ripoff of gremlin ripoffs. I would think it I think it's this one. Mm, I could argue with the with the next film, but you know, but that that's just me talking shit. Oh well <laughs> yeah, no, I agree with that too, but I think as far as like this one goes, it's even uh, it even to me, well like I said, I already think that they look very similar to me. But um Yes, they do. There are aspects of the next one that, yeah, too bad they're not. Um, uh, yeah, I love how it has, has that Return of the Living Dead vibe, you know, basically the friends go with the other friends, but the, our, our lead our lead character, if you will, <laughs> this girl has to get the, that freak deep down down inside of her where when she was at her fantasy, which is being a, a stripper that doesn't take up her clothes, apparently, she, uh, she was kind of into it when her little hobgoblin perished, and he's like, ooh. I kind of like this idea, you know. She's that, less that of, a, kind of a she's less of a stripper and more of a refinisher. She was less <laughs> sleazy. <yeah. laughs> 
she was letting sleazy Dwayne Whitaker just uh feel up all over. She was uh she was totally into it and totally for it. So um yeah, that, I, I love club scenes. Like we we did um a commentary for Diner. Although this is to have a band full of covers with a horn section, it, it's still crazy that, that this band was there doing these doing these tunes. And they, they were quite punk and they weren't quite anything else, but it seemed like a real dingy place to be. Although the MC kind of like looked like Joel Gray on Crystal Meth, and uh, you know the 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 girl, what was her name? Um, with the with the beehive haircut. Crickets. I don't know what her name was, but you know. yeah, we don't know. Kate Pearson. That's all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's a sure she, she <laughs> of from the news. But um, yeah, they just seemed like they didn't fit that bar. That that was kind of interesting to me, and uh, all the stuff with the hot goblins. Uh, they were they were just kind of kind of there because basically they weren't really creatures who attack people. They were just creatures who basically made you fantasize yourself to death, if you will. <laughs> you know, so essentially you're killing yourself. So. Um, not like the next film, but, um, yeah, there's not too, too much, you know, wonderful stuff about this film, but it was, it, besides it's pretty funny and the, the gags kind of did a lot, you know, in my opinion, but, um, I'm gonna leave it to Mike and, uh, give your final thoughts on the Hobgoblin, sir. Well, uh, if you listen to everyone else, you're probably going to want to watch it. If you listen to me and the people that responded to me on Twitter, skip it. But for the purposes of listening to this show, I say you probably should watch it despite my dislike of it because uh, it's always more fun to have seen the movies that uh, people are talking about. So uh, despite every negative thing I've said, watch it before you listen. If you have to hit pause, it's out there. It's pretty easy to get a hold of. So, uh, yeah, I guess that's a swerve. Go watch it and then listen and then uh, help me uh, let these people know they're crazy for loving this movie. And uh, I'll leave it at that. As of this recording, Hobgoblins is on uh, Hulu, by the way. So, nice. oh, wow. I could, I could have watched a better quality version of Hobgoblins. <laughs> oh, I want to say it's on YouTube as well. Oh, wow. Yeah, I have to look for that now. <laughs> uh, Jamie, what do you, you have anything else to say about Hobgoblins? Uh, just that if anyone out there does want to watch it for the show and they haven't seen it and, you know, maybe they're a little bit uh, worried, um, then I recommend seeing if you can find the Mystery Science Theater version. That makes it a little bit more palatable and, um, you know, that's just they're just fun anyway. That's so, what I need to do. You know, I, I do recommend you try it that way, Mike, because, I mean, maybe that's why I like it so much, because that was the way I was introduced to it. So I was going into it with it you know, being basically you know, a punching bag for, for jokes. And um, so that was kind of like the mindset that I've always kept it kept with it. So anyway, um, yeah, yeah, if anyone is as wants to watch it, but they're just like, I don't know if I want to invest the time. I recommend digging out the Mr. Science theater version. And I think you'll enjoy it. Um, although, you know, like I said, I enjoy it anyway. Fair enough. X. Oh, you should. I don't understand why you're not watching this movie actually, because I said it's because the people in the circles that I run around in have watched stuff that is so much worse than this. And they wear it like a goddamn badge of honor. I sat through blah, 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 and my brain didn't, he was out of my nose. Well, congratulations. 
you should totally watch Hobby Goblins because I don't even care about the MST3K version. I've never seen that. I had a good enough time with the regular version. Um, so yeah, it's readily available and you should check it out. <clears throat> and Mike is wishy washy. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, we, yeah, it, it was it was a fun. I don't know, eighty eighty something minutes if that's what the, the runtime is. Probably close to ninety, like most of these films are. I don't think it really wore out its welcome. I think that it was a, it was a, it was just for silly's sake, and that might that might that might uh turn some people off. So if I think this isn't a film for everybody, if you don't want to watch monsters being silly and some somewhat dirty jokes, depending on the person. And uh, but yeah, I don't let me leave it at that. And you can it's readily available. Like like I think if you think that MST3K um version is available on YouTube as well, so. You guys can watch that on there as well. Um, scores, man. What's your score, sir? One to ten. Mm, I will. I'll say shit. Uh, I'll say shit and leave it at that. No. Uh, I would give it a four out of ten. Well, that's higher than I acted out of you, considering uh, what you what you went through. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I. Pr- it's probably like a relative score because like if I was like on every single episode and I had more movies to compare scores to, maybe it would fluctuate. But I would say, you know, I would give it a four out of ten. Um, but maybe the uh, Mystery Science Theater version could uh, get me through that. So I'll, maybe a, t- a four slash to be continued. OK, fair enough. I mean, that's not that's not wishy washy. God damn it. No, it's just a rating with an ellipsis, not wishy-washy at all. <laughs> um, X. Six out of ten. Nice. Jamie? A decisive six out of ten. Thank you so much. <laughs> that's that's two notches above me, damn it. <laughs> um, for me, uh, Mike's score is actually higher than I expected from him as well, but uh, so I'm landing at a four. I am not fooling myself into thinking this is a good movie. This is not, by any stretch of the imagination, good. Um, it, it As far as like filmmaking on the whole goes, this is definitely below average, but it's just it just happens to be one that I really enjoy, but that does not make it a better movie. So um, it's a four for me. Um. As I go, it's definitely middle of the road for these kind of movies. But you know, the silliness is there. I need to watch the the other version myself with the uh, MST three K guys just to see if uh, I'm a little harder at the movie with, with their jokes as well. If mixing with the other jokes, I'm sure it's like way better. So middle of the road, a five out of ten for me. I will have the listeners know that these scores equal redemption for Mike. <laughs> but uh, now that. Over that big old mess of the hobgoblins that they've made. Uh, we're gonna move on to our next film, being the, those crazy munchies. Right after this.
remember, the next time you see a movie that's only rated PG, I want you to make it rated X. <laughs> I want you the munchies are here and they want you for lunch no one kills my tropical fish and live and they want you for dinner nothing human can be this hungry munchies rated pg Well, uh, now we're going to be talking about Munchies from 1987. The summary for this is Simon Waterman, a space archaeologist, um, made up made up job, uh, discovers the Munchies in a cave. <laughs> He's at um, Machu Picchu, right? Uh, Cecil Waterman, Simon, Simon's evil twin brother and snack food entrepreneur, kidnaps the creature. What Cecil does not know is that the creature, when chopped up, regenerates into many new creatures, and are they mean? Uh, this um, movie, uh, <laughs> uh, written by Lance Smith, directed by Tina Hirsch, and stars a uh, apparently starving Harvey Corman. Uh, Charlie Stratton actually has a, quite a few people in it. Uh, Charlie Stratton, Nadine Vander, Vanderveld, um, what's the woman? Vandalay Industries, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, Alex Elias, or Elias, uh, Charlie Phillips, and I don't know, just, oh, and Robert Picardo and Wendy Shaw are in this movie. Yay, small uh, oh, yeah, reunion. them. Oh. And Paul Bartell shows Paul up, Bartell by the way. Paul Bartell is in this movie, yeah. <laughs> and it makes you go, what the fuck? But uh, there's that. So, um, yeah, this, y'all... This movie is bad, and I don't mean like it's fun bad. I mean like it was really hard for me to get through it bad. I mean like it was I was watching it on one point five really bad. Like it was it was I oh it's just it's it was painful how funny it was not. And how are you gonna follow the flat device with all the toxic waste and stuff going on in that town? Come on now. <laughs> and Harvey Keitel playing Harvey Keitel's twin brother with the uh, that oh, what's that Vegas guy's name? The um, ah, shoot, I'm a I'm a Wayneyac Wayne Wayne Newton, like with the Wayne Newton wig and the Wayne see, Newton see, mustache, which is what he reminded me of. See, you saw that, and I saw Wayne. Uh, I saw um, Norm Macdonald as as oh, Kurt Ferguson. Yes, yes, that's yes, what I yes. saw. I saw. That. Oh God, yeah. Saw that. <laughs> um, see, and I saw Governor Lepetamane oh, from Blazing I, Saddles. I also saw Thelma's husband from Thelma and Louise. Um, oh, what's that? I love that guy. Scooter McGavin, but not, I mean, Scooter McGavin, but not Scooter McGavin, obviously. But um, whatever the hell his name is. Um, Daryl. Daryl from um, Thelma and Louise. Anyway, um, picture the, like, smarmiest salesman type guy you can and uh, who's been at it with the Grecian formula. And <laughs> then that's this guy. And... Uh, it was just it was like there were some cute moments where the um where the little creature the munchie is it came to be known because it you know ate a lot uh, referred to him he's like hi goof um he just repeated everything that anyone said which was kind of cute but it was totally a ripoff of gizmo um 
And the fact that you didn't see them at all for like 20 minutes this is the first, I don't even know, 20 to 30 minutes of the movie, they kept him in a gym bag, um, which to me was just a clear indication of how it's cheaper if we don't show it. Um, <laughs> we can just have a cute little voice and that's enough. Um, it's just some really over the top characters. Some, even the set dressings were over the top. But to me, they just weren't funny. Like, I don't think any of it really landed. And I don't even think the, that the munchie himself was all that cute. Like, the little voice was cute, but then when you actually saw the creature itself, it wasn't, like, super adorable. So, I don't know. I, it kind of reminded me of the little troll from the cat's eye, or from cat's yeah, eye. That was better put together though, that little troll. Oh, for sure. But that's, um, but that's what it uh, kind of visually reminded me of. And, you know, they also played jokes over and over again. Like every time the little troll got, little troll, fuck it. Every time the little munchie got hit, it would do the, the you know, the birds chirping, woo, 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 you know, um, you know, I'm dizzy thing. And that, you know, once is kind of funny, maybe, but, you know, you keep doing it and it's not anymore. Um, I just, I felt like, this was such a, like, hey, we saw Gremlins. We can do that, too. And, um, you know, Charlie Stratton was, cl- and then Nadine Vandervelde or whatever. Uh, to me, they were clearly, like, discount Phoebe Cates and and Zach Galligan. I mean, that's just what it felt like to me. Like, it just, like, they tried so hard to hit every mark, and I just felt like they missed it. So by the time it was over... I just was glad. There you go. Yeah. Uh, uh, X, I'll, I'll defer to you next, sir. I won't even hate. I won't even hate. Fuck this movie. I'm not the smartest dude, and I realized this. And yet, I felt like my intelligence was being insulted. You've got a fucking. It's it's fake gremlins and fake Tim. I mean, Danny Elfman score. And it's fake family fun. The whole thing is just like a horrible shrinky dink in comparison to the movies that it's, you know, ripping off shamelessly. And it really, it hurt to watch. It was a slog. And I I went through it twice. I still can't tell you what happened. I love Harvey Corman. Twin Harvey Cormans? That's fucking great. That should have been a comedy goldmine. And it just... It was not. Nothing in this movie connects. Nothing in this movie is good or worth watching. Everything just is so redolent of everything else that was out at the time. When they first capture the munchie in the the temple, and it says, it immediately adopts the name that they give it. Amigo! Amigo! Oh, seriously? Fuck you up the gremlin ass, because this is horrible. And there's no thought behind this, and I absolutely hate this movie. At least that was better than when the other ones show up, like Rudy, and they're like, Hey, man, what you doing, Rudy? I'm oh like, my... what the fuck is this? Right? Oh, my God. Hey, from Peru. Why Suddenly do you it was, talk like that? It was like, it was like a prediction of Transformers 3. If only we had known. <laughs> yeah, because, the, because of the 1980s where we had characters on shows, like a black kid named Cockroach. Right? And somebody readily and somebody readily called Boner, okay? God rest <laughs> God rest Boner. He's he's passed on now, but it just it's, it's uh yeah. That's that's the cause cause because and that's terrible that it's an excuse, but because the eighties, okay, that's all I'm saying. And the kid who played the deputy sheriff who was like in every single 
show in the 80s and every movie. I can't even think of his name right now. I think his first name was Brian. But even he was terrible in it. Now, I enjoy seeing Bob Picardo and Wendy Shaw together just because, you know, small soldiers. But, oh, it's just, it's just, uh, you know, when you wake up in the middle of the night and you've got both acid reflux and diarrhea, that's, that's what watching Munchies is like. <laughs> I felt like it was like part ripoff Gremlins, part ripoff Smokey and the Bandit. I mean, I just, what? just there were so, I, okay, I would like to... I, I can't. I can't explain why I felt that, but the whole time I was watching it, I just felt like these people have definitely seen Smokey and the Bandit. I think it was the... <laughs> I, I don't know why, but I just... I had that feeling. Probably more like Smokey and the Bandit 2, um, except, yeah, there was no elephant. But um, I... I don't know. I felt like every character was plucked from something else and just done really poorly. Um, yeah, I'll defer to Mike now. Well... Um, I'm going to start off saying that, uh, I, I grew up in the era of sequels and ripoffs. Um, I was born in 1980. So as I was growing up, I was a little bit too young to see a lot of the movies that these kind of movies that we're discussing were based off of. I oftentimes saw sequels or cheap ripoffs before the the actual movies that I should have been watching just due to the age. And uh, I saw the munchies when I was a kid, like randomly. And I'm going to say that out of, even though I didn't have a good review of Hobgoblins, <laughs> I think this one was easily worse. And part of it is because I had somewhat of an expectation because I remember as a kid watching this thinking, Oh, it's, it's kind of good. Like, I remember liking it as a kid, and I did I expect to like it as much watching it again for this show? No, I mean obviously looking at through looking at it through my memory now, I was like, you know, it would, I probably have a lot of nostalgia, which is helping my memory. And as I was watching, I was like, yeah, this is goddamn awful. How the hell did even at age whatever the hell seven, eight, nine? 10 maybe did i like this i don't understand i just don't remember it being as bad and i guess that's why uh, 10 year olds don't have podcasts reviewing movies um because they would possibly like movies like this uh it's it's a ripoff in every way and not even a good one because there's plenty of ripoffs out there that are at least entertaining there's redeeming qualities um i'm as I was watching this, I just became more and more ashamed of myself that I at one time liked this movie. What the hell is wrong with me as a kid? Um, I, I at that age, I didn't even know it was based off Gremlins. I thought it was its own thing. No, no, it's not. It's it's a horrible ripoff. It's a horrible uh, take on Gremlins. I mean, if there's anything redeeming. And I don't mean to jump ahead to to that, but I would say maybe the fake Wayne Newton guy made me like hate laugh a few times every time he came on screen towards the end. But God damn it. Not good. Not a good movie. Um, I wish I would have been doing some substances that gave me the munchies during uh, <laughs> or during my viewing of the munchies, because maybe that would have helped me enjoy it a little bit. But uh 
Yeah. Um, and like I said, Hobgoblins, I had never seen, so I had no expectations either way. The other movie we'll be talking about, I think you mentioned at the beginning, Gary, at least we'll probably be finishing on, on a high note. But this one, I I had a little bit of expectations for only because of my memory of seeing it as a kid, and those were crushed. Those expectations were crushed. And I probably should have seen it coming. I should have prepared myself. But uh, I was holding out that little bit of hope that eh, it, it might still be an okay watch despite it being bad. But, God, I don't remember it being like this low-rent, downtrodden movie. It's just fucking awful. Um, so, yeah, I guess I'm not holding back on my disdain. And maybe it's because of the fact that I liked it as a kid that I'm even more harsh on it now. But, <sighs> Not good. Yeah, I think the reason why you liked it as a kid so much, and the same reason why a lot of folks liked it as a kid, or even bothered to look at it as a kid, is because because VHS. I say because of the eighties. I say because VHS here. Because how many times have you went to the video store, and if you didn't see the covers of Munchies before, it's basically one of our little creatures. He looks like he has a mohawk. He's got a cigarette hanging out of his mouth and holding a Budweiser. Look at the lady's skirt. So it looks like you're going to be in for some silly fun. You know, if you if you go by cover alone, you just pick this off the shelf. And this came out in '87, so it was right. It was right in there of the time where they were just releasing everything into video stores. Mm-hmm. And, I had never even heard of this movie before. Oh, I remember distinctly remember seeing it on the shelf at the video store. I think also, like, you know, I don't know. I I don't really know how like most households are, but I I think. Just from memory as being a kid, we were somewhat of an early adopter of, like, cable. And you just had movies like this. Like, they would show up on nights that these channels or, the you know, program directors knew that no one was really watching. So let's just throw some something that we can buy the rights to for really cheap. You know, you'd see stuff come on in the middle of the night. And, uh, I've you know, I've mentioned this on other shows on my own that my parents were pretty cool about me watching not horror movies not that there's anything extreme or explicit about this movie but they were pretty cool with like we don't really care we kind of gave you that it's just a movie talk so um i believe you know this is just one of those ones i was like randomly on and uh i went through the process of watching it (laughs) and probably you know part of it was because i saw this before i ever saw gremlins um, but God, I, if I could get, hop in the DeLorean and tell my younger self, don't do it. Hang on. We lost Gary. Is Gary oh. recording this, Jeff? Jeffrey? I'm no, assuming I he am. is. I am. You are. Okay. Okay. Oh, then I'm okay. sorry, Mike. I guess you can continue. He'll probably come back in. Yeah. I mean, I was pretty much it as far as that thought that I had just, you know, uh, it's one of those movies you probably would catch on if it, if you didn't get it from the video store, like Gary was saying, you probably caught it at like one in the morning on a Thursday night when you should have been in bed sleeping. But fuck it. I'm watching movies at one in the morning and the munchies is on. So let's see what it's all about. Um, Yeah, as far as creature design goes, these look better than the Hobgoblins, in my opinion. Although they kind of look like, like the Goombas from the Super Mario Brothers movie a little bit. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. And um, I I thought not, not their banter so much, but like their antics, because you know these these he seems so innocent, you know, the the one that they call Arnold for no good reason, 
seems so innocent that all of a sudden once you start hacking and slashing and multiplying, just like Gremlins, which, you know, it needs to be said the director of this film edited the, 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 the was had a hand in editing Gremlins. So I guess um, just like shitting on that movie all over the place, all over town. But um, there they came like this, these vicious things where they could fire guns. And, you know, I love the part with the old lady <laughs> driving down the street when they're going on their joyride. And that was really funny. And um, yeah, it's just, it's just there, there's certain stuff about this film that I guess makes it better than Hobgoblins, but that's not saying too, too much, you know, to me is um I, I just had fun with the, well, I'd say back in the day, I had more fun with the silliness of the creatures, but that was uh what the, what this movie was all about. Basically was these, these silly creatures who may or may not have been aliens and may or may not have been according to the end of this movie, proprietors of toxic waste as well from space. I don't know, but uh, uh, I love I love Turd Ferguson. I refer to him as Turd Ferguson throughout this whole film. The the evil evil Uncle Cecil, um, and uh, his crazy wife that should have been played by um, Eddie Arcadian's w- woman from Last Dragon. Is it Faith Prince's name? I think her name is. Ha <laughs> ha! It's so funny you should say that because when we were watching this, Brian's like, "Is that the woman from Last Dragon?" It's it sounded. Like, I don't know. He goes, "It has to be her. I swear it's her." And so like. Um, I was like, no, it's not. I looked it up and I was like, no, it's not her. And he's like, no, it has to be her. And, you know, it's not her. But um, <laughs> but it's funny that you should uh, make that comparison because um, she reminded me of everybody from uh, like the all right, this is a stretch. So bear with me here. But um, Tommy Chong's mother in Up in Smoke, if anyone remembers his mother from the very beginning of that film. <laughs> Very briefly, yes. To, um... Mrs. Oh. Garrett? Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, yes. Uh, to, <laughs> you know, the Broadway darling who is, um, she's... Oh, what is her name? She was so cute, but she had... Uh, she played opposite Carol Burnett in Annie. Oh. X, you know who I'm talking about. Bernadette Peters? Yes! <sighs> Yay, I've never seen Annie, somebody. so I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, okay. Well, I knew somebody would know who I was talking about, so thank you, Gary. Yes, Bernadette Peters. Um, to I mean, I don't know. It's just like if it's any of those women that you see in movies who have like um, crazy bleached hair, or uh, they wear a lot of fluffy clothes, like boas, and and you know, with feathers flying everywhere, and um, you know, lots of makeup, or like you know, uh, Tammy Faye Baker. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, but the Faith Prince thing was. Or what's like, her name from the Trinity Network? I can't remember her name, but. I don't know. Oh, that was. Um, oh, Crouch was her last name. Yes. She was awesome. She was like Tammy Faye Light. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I learned from them one day that, um, you know, how whenever you just randomly see glitter on yourself and you haven't been doing anything with glitter recently and you're like, where the hell did this glitter come from? Apparently that means God is around. Really? Or you've been, that's, that's or what you, I learned. Or you've been at the strip club. Yeah. Or that. Or Michael's. <laughs> yeah. Or in the vicinity of a preschooler. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but yeah, I probably had more fun with this movie than most. I guess most that would actually sit and view it. I if guess. you had any, then I would say, yes, you did. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, 
Yeah, as far as that goes, I, I, I enjoyed the, the creature aspects. I didn't quite get the ending because all of a sudden electricity could turn them into statues. And I'm not sure if that was expl- explained or not. He just said fire of the gods, and that's where he left it. <laughs> oh, okay. Electricity, fire of the gods. Yeah, oh, okay. Okay, so he's a dog. <laughs> oh, my God. The nice lady who paid us in advance. No, I'm done with that, you know. <laughs> okay. Yeah, budgies. Um, any redeeming scenes you guys could think of? I'll start with Merriman uh, in this film, sir. For uh, redeeming stuff, you mean? Yeah, like, what would you like about it, if anything? Um, the character who reminded me of a, the love child of Wayne Newton and uh, Buzz from the TV show Out of This World, if, if, <laughs> if, you, if, you, if anyone remembers that show. Wow. Oh, <laughs> briefly, briefly, yes. Uh... I mean, he kind of got the chuckles out of me every time he was on screen. Um, I mean, overall, as much as I disliked the movie, it was still kind of an okay experience to go back and and experience it. Because I want to say that I saw it more like more than once as a kid, and uh, but I haven't seen it since. Like it's been many, many years since uh, I had ever even thought about the movie really um i don't know maybe the most redeeming thing is i got closure on it that i'm probably never gonna watch it again uh so thank you gary for uh bringing to light how bad it is so maybe that's a redeeming quality so there you go that's my redeeming quality oh you're welcome sir you're welcome (laughs) (laughs) jamie are there any scenes that you enjoy in this film uh you know i i have to say i am a big harvey corman fan and um, I, I mean, he was always one of my favorite people on the Carol Burnett show and make me laugh. I have to say I did enjoy watching Cecil's commercials. I thought that was funny. Um, when Cecil was interacting with his stepson, um, it's just his reaction to the stupidity of his stepson I thought was enjoyable. Um, I, I mean, those are very dim lights in an otherwise completely dark field, but, um, you know, I'd have to say, really, that Harvey Corman is the only thing I find redeeming about this film. But I don't know how the hell they got him. Um, I guess they get some points for having the cast list that they do because, I, I mean, I don't know if all these people owed somebody a favor or what. Like, did she previously, I mean, you mentioned she was an editor. Did she previously edit them out of something that was really, really, you know, uh, uh, ah, fuck <laughs> compromising is what I was trying to say. Good Lord. Um, and like, does she have blackmail over them? Cause yeah, I don't get it, but, um, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it. I, I, I think Cecil was humorous. You know, Fair enough. Uh, X. I like Robert Picardo and Wendy Shaw together pretty much in anything they're in together. I enjoy that. Um, but beyond that, beyond seeing those two together on screen at a relatively, on an early age, um, this whole movie just told my brain to bite the pillow and take it. So, yeah, that's it. Yeah, I'm not that harsh on this movie, but I, I liked it okay. Let's put it that way. You know, the creatures were, were looking really bad, looked really plastic around the mouths and everything. So they were fully put together. This film was fully put together. For some reason, there was toxic waste involved in this movie because... Well, it was put together. Yes, it was. There's yes, that. It was. <laughs> hmm. 
It was on film. Yeah. There was a beginning, a middle, and the rest of it. <laughs> I, I always enjoy Paul Bartel just showing up in things for some reason. He just like shows up in a lot of things, and this is one of those things where I guess I don't even know if he got. He probably never got paid for this movie, if I'd imagine so. I mean, um, he's he's like in a lot of B movies, and he probably did this as a favor to somebody he knew who was working on this movie and blackmail. Yeah, and but I'm grateful every time I see Paul Bartel, so you know, because he makes you smile. Uh, uh, what else? Um, yeah, there's not a lot of great stuff except like you know the the little little set pieces like the 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 family that there was uh owned the ice cream shop had those giant cones on their head that was fucking obscene and kind of phallic at the same time. <laughs> Um, I kind of like the the. No, I'm, I'm going to say the science, the science of this movie. Like every time they get shot, or every time they get cut up, and they bring up, you know, the worms being able to grow back again, and they just keep, you know, every time somebody shoots them, they all of a sudden they're like the little dwarfs and phantasm. They come up like three or four more, and you know, but then again, you never got that accumulation of of munchies like you would want in a movie like this. Because a bunch of those little yeah. plastic little dolls will look really dumb on screen, so I guess they didn't want to go do all that. All right, we can afford six munchies max. <laughs> yeah, that's all I got on screen at once is about four or five munchies, and that's about all they wanted you to see. And I think that was a benefit, a detriment to this moment, if you will. So, you know, um, I didn't say have too much more to say about this film, so I'm going to go into ratings. What do you give it, X? Um, after very careful consideration and um, a lot of soul searching, I'm going to give this a two out of ten. Fair enough, Jamie. Also a two for me, and I think most of those points go to them for being somehow able to wrangle uh, the cast that they got. I just still I'm astounded by that. But this film is unwatchable. It really is, in my opinion. I don't well, recommend anyone watch this. It's a ever. good opinion. I- it's a great opinion. Yeah. <laughs> and our guest, Mr. Merriman. I'm giving it two for Buzz Newton only. Um, like I said, maybe I'm being, well, I guess according, you know, so far, it doesn't sound like I'm being overly harsh, but I, I would say it, it it's getting knocked down maybe a bit unfairly only because I had expect, not high expectations, but some expectations based on seeing it as a kid and liking it as a kid but fuck it i'm giving it a two yeah i can't rightfully give this movie you know this is for turd ferguson alone uh higher than like a three so that's what you're getting out of me incidentally it has an average rating of 3.7 on imdb which means that someone out there gave this movie a high rating i'm going to guess it was the grandmother of someone involved with the production Go look at the Amazon reviews. They are gushing about this movie. Seriously? Seriously. Maybe they gave it a a high rating, as in they were high when they watched it. You know, maybe that enhanced the viewing. (laughs) Wow. But yeah, we're going to move into something that's a a whole lot better than all the crap we've been discussing so far with these last two. Yay. You mean like scoliosis? (laughs) Yeah. Scoliosis is, uh, is an inconvenience, you know. (laughs) <laughs> and it was also just the first thing to pop into my mind, and I, I, I don't know why. My wife has that. I'm. Oh my god! Of all the horrible things I could have chosen, did someone stick magnets on her back brace? No. 
the Mary, and she's the Rhoda. I'm the Mary. <laughs> See, just throw those references out there that some folks may get, and you know, like I said, if I if one joke lands to one person, I feel like I'm doing my job. See, we've saved a life. <laughs> we saved a life, yes, with with the laughter, perhaps. But right after this, we are going to discuss a film that's near and dear to my heart, the 1987 classic, The Gate. Talk to you guys soon.
the gate. Pray it's not too late. Welcome back, and finally, after those two pieces of absolute petrified elephant shit, we are getting into something good, um, which is The Gate from 1987. It has a 5.9 rating on IMDb, and here's oh, their... Shit. <laughs> right? Here's their summary. Um, two young boys accidentally release a horde of nasty, pint-sized demons from a hole in a suburban backyard. What follows is a classic battle between good and evil as the two kids struggle to overcome a nightmarish hell that literally begins to take over the earth. Um, I don't think that's necessarily correct. I don't consider this to be a classic battle between good and evil because movies like that, you know, you've got kind of clearly drawn sides and you've got people kind of hang out for the whole thing and don't you know, get sucked into walls and have their eyeballs get all puffy and shit. Um, This is a weird battle between good and evil. In fact, I would say that the only reason this movie makes any sense to anyone is because you've made some serious logical leaps with your subconscious mind where you're like, okay, maybe this is what happened and this is how this is happening over here and okay i can live with that and i'm not saying that's bad i'm saying that this movie runs on nightmare logic and if you have ever listened to me talk you know i've got a real boner for movies that just run on that insane surreal just logic of a really horrible dream and that's what this one has um, Steven Dorff, little kid, all kinds of terrible shit happens to him. His fucking dog dies. His parents go away for the weekend and his evil sister is in, well, she's not evil, but you know, the big sister, you know, she's left in charge and they do that weird kind of levitation thing with him. That stiff as a board, light as a feather, which that was my motto in high school. Um, so bad things are happening to him. Bad things have happened to his best friend who lives next door. His mother's dead. His father is absent, so now he's just, you know, running around listening to heavy metal, Canadian heavy metal, for that matter, because he's got a big killer dwarf's patch on the back of his vest. So, yeah, I they listen to some heavy metal backwards, and I guess that's what opens up the hole in the kid's backyard. Nope, that's not how it happens. See, and that's and that's what everybody everybody thinks this is a backwards heavy metal movie, you know. Like, and if that were the case, Sammy Kerr should have showed up at his fucking front door. There shouldn't have been a hole in the Bam. backyard. <laughs> Skippy should have been there. Exactly, Skippy should have been there. So yeah, there's a lot of things where it's like, how did this happen? Why did this happen? I'm not really sure what's going on here, but this is really cool and kind of freaking me out. So anyway. We'll we'll come back to that, but I want to hear what everybody else has to say about this. Let's start with Jamie. I love this movie. I love <laughs> it so much. This is, oh man, this is. It just speaks to me on like being a kid in the eighties was the fucking bomb, and this is the kind of shit that we got. Like we, I was reading some uh, some comments about this on a feed um, earlier today while I was watching it, and somebody said. Um, 
I wonder how many people were tricked into thinking this was a kid's movie because kids were the main protagonists. And I'm like, fuck you, buddy. This was a kid's movie. Like, I when this came out, I was right between the age of Glenn and his sister. Like, I was, like, dead center of them, roughly. And... Um, this was what we did. Like we, this was what we, if it had been any less dark than this, or if it had been anything different, I would have been fucking insulted, yep. you know, because when I was growing up, we weren't a bunch of pussies, you know? And, um, like you go back and you watch monster squad and Dracula called a little girl, a bitch in that movie. And you know, that's the way we roll And I was thinking, you know, they don't really do movies like this anymore. Like there are, I can think of no recent films where, uh, like adventure type films where kids like really take on the evil. Um, but you know, back then that was like a thing, you know, they had monster squad and then we had just like adventure movies like Goonies and Explorers and, um, then of course, Adventures this, and babysitting and, and the, Oh, nice one. Very nice one. Um, don't forget Ruskies. The, oh, shit. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, my science project. Uh, <laughs> yes, but there, yeah, I mean, see, <laughs> But, I mean, now it's all, like, young adult, uh, you know, like, Fifth Wave or Hunger Games or, you know, whatever. I mean, it's – they're older kids. Um, but you don't really – or at least if they're out there, I don't know about them. Like, younger kids doing shit. And, you know, this this was the, – the this was – these kids were my age. I was in there with them. I was watching this stuff. This was uh, for our age group back then. And so anyone who thinks this is too dark – you know, for someone that age, I don't know what the hell you're on because this was, like I said, I you're would have been insulted. I would, yeah, yes. I, like I said, I would have been insulted if it was anything other than kid getting his eye poked out by a fucking Barbie leg. You know, I mean, it's, uh, <laughs> it's, uh, I love it. And, uh, you know, like the Harryhausen-esque effects are just awesome. Remember um, the first time on the commercial? Remember the, J- Jamie specifically? The first time you saw the commercial and the big dude fell, and as soon as he hit the floor, all the little fucking stop-motion dudes came yes. out of him? Do you remember yes. that and how awesome that was? was I so could not great. wait to see this movie when it when it came out. My friends and I were there, and I was so excited. And that's all we talked about for, uh, like, a long time. And, like, it just... It was just ex- super exciting. This was one that we rented a lot. This just it just is a huge part of me growing up and um, watching it. I haven't watched it in a long time, so watching it for this, um, like I, Brian was like, "Do we need to watch that? You don't need to watch that, do you, for the show?" And I'm like, "Yes, I do." Um, <laughs> like, okay, I probably <laughs> didn't, but like, it has been a long time, and I wanted to, to be fresh. But really, I just wanted to watch it again, you know. Um, and it's just, I was so, I was just, uh, I was so glued to it the whole time I was watching it. It was just like, I, I felt like it was the eighties again. I really did. It just took me and Oh my God, it holds up so well. Um, you know, I mean, we get the, the fantastic effects with the latex walls, you know, that today would be CG, um, for no stupid, like for no apparent reason. Yep. Um, it's so Lovecraftian in its elements because, um, it's like, you know, they specifically talk about the, um, the old gods and, you know, the gods that were here, like 
pre, I mean, like pre Christianity. And he's like, and then when they whip out the Bible, he's like, they're older than the Bible. Um, you know, we've got, of course, the metal references, um, the, you know, in order to close the gate, if you play the record backward, it tells you how to close the gate, um, which I would think clearly didn't work because all those guys got killed uh, <laughs> in a plane crash after right. they made this album. So I don't know if I would trust their antidote to anything. <laughs> if you the play only- the record forwards, it's Leonard Skinner. <laughs> Uh, I love the zombie. The only thing that really kind of bothers me is the super quick ending we get with this uh, rocket ship. Um, I, I feel like it it just sort of is like, oh, here we go. You know, because I just don't feel like ex- blowing up something like this would be the thing to do. You know, I, I really don't know that that would be enough. But, you know, whatever. I take it. It's it, like I said, it's a kid's movie. So I'm going to give it that. I'm going to go with that. And uh, all the fashion and the hair. And and I'm like, do you think for one second I didn't dress just like that? Except for the sister with the, with the, the, like, the cum bangs. I did not, (laughs) which something is something about me. I did not, I did not have that haircut. I did have, I did have high bangs at one point, but I've always, I always had long hair. So, like, it wasn't the exact same. But, um, it, it just, and I'm going to stop gushing now, but if you haven't figured it out, I liked it. Well, let's move on to our illustrious host, Mr. Hill. Gary, what did you think of this movie? Well, this is special to me because it's the first horror film I ever saw ever. So it's one of those, one of those movies that my Uncle Tim had in his house. I spent a lot of time over there, but he had like three tapes that he like recorded stuff off of HBO with. I think Revenge of the Nerds was on the tapes. Uh, Howard the Duck was on there short circuit and then there was this and i watched this a lot damn it's like the 80s crash course yes <laughs> and i watch i watch this the most i think it's it's a, it's, it's great and you mentioned the metal record um you know opening the gate to hell and which, which which in another film it probably would have been the case but this time around um a meteor crashes in their backyard and breaks down a tree and of course they they find the meteor and another closed meteor, which all I can think about was Jordy Verrill, you know, the whole time. Meteor oh, yeah. shit. shit. <laughs> especially, especially when they, they broke they broke the meteor open, and you know that that that. You lunkhead. This will be worth thousands up at the college. Let's kind of look at B A D. Oh man, but yeah, the, the what, what opened the gate to hell was somehow. Words got burned onto one of those. If you guys had these, I'm sure Merriman has had these before. These magnetic tabs you would get at a grocery store that you could draw on and lift up the paper, and then it would go where you could draw again. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so. Apparently, the the words to open this gate to hell were were etched onto this this pad. So essentially, a dollar thing that's supposed to give you joy opened the gate to hell for these kids. (laughs) And I thought that was pretty awesome. And, um, this makes yeah, sense, I, but you're making a lot of jumps here, Gary. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> Shit that is not explained in this movie. So, so poverty is a is a hellish thing, and I, I was Poe, so you know it was a yep, cheap yep. toy to have, and that that cheap toy uh, was a very bad thing in this movie. So that's pretty awesome. Um, I was uh, I couldn't keep those for very long because if you pressed too hard. Then, you know, it would leave like permanent indentations in the top layer of the plastic. And, um, I always ran through, like, 
basically destroyed mine pretty quickly because I was a hard writer. <laughs> That's where they cost a dollar, Jamie. <laughs> yeah, I had a better luck with Wooly Willy. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm always jealous of Lewis and Lewis's swagger and, you know, his, his, his denim jacket with the, the big patch on the back, you know, being a metalhead in training. I was kind of, I was very jealous of his jacket, you know, because that was the thing of the time that the denim jacket with your favorite band on the, you know, either written probably in <laughs> big pen or, you know, if you had patches, if you had money, you know, and his, his dad was pretty absentee, so he probably had some money. So that's that's pretty cool. Um, I've always had a big crush on Al, the the, the, the big sister, because I always had a thing for that tomboy shit. And mm-hmm. she was kind of tomboy and tomboy and girly at the same time. So it's kind of a nice mixture of both. Um, the the stop motion stuff. I don't know. You you did you, did you guys watch it on uh, the digital too, uh, Jamie and X? I did. Yeah, yeah I did too. Like um, we actually have it. Um, but I was like, why do that when I can just watch it on Voodoo? Yeah. <laughs> why walk over there? I don't want to move. <laughs> <laughs> but to, to be fair, this this is the best this film has ever looked. So if you got eight bucks and you want to buy it on Voodoo, this is probably the best this film has ever looked. So they did uh, the the stop motion stuff. Doesn't look bad even today. It, it looks pretty great actually, except for. <laughs> I was never too impressed with the, the the final. I guess the big boss. I guess you would call him because he kind of had those little T Rex arms, you know, and mm-hmm. wasn't too intimidating, you know. Yeah. He was just kind of there doing stuff and shaking poor Glenn around in the air and throwing him around. That was uh, that was kind of funny. You, you you mentioned um the the part where um Glenn does in the big creature and. <laughs> It is redundant and stupid, but I love the part where Glenn just flies out the front door. He just starts keeps spinning midair. That's funny. That part where he would totally be dead in real life. (laughs) Yes, indeed. indeed. Here's the thing I never got about the final big boss. He shoots the rocket at it, and this hatch opens up in the big boss's stomach before the rocket ever hits it. Like, welcome. You're about to Im- <laughs> you're about to impregnate me, and then it just never. I just never understood that. <laughs> Sorry, it's never made sense. Now, this, this film's great because it's one of those films that I can turn on and that I've seen easily fifty times, and it never disappoints. And uh, I'm gonna kick it to Merriman before I see all the really good stuff. Merriman, what do you like about this film? Hmm. Well, um. <clears throat> It wasn't. I love how he's like, Merriman, what do you like about this film? Like, it wasn't a who you like this film. It was a what do yeah. you like about it? There's, you get no option. There's an expectation <laughs> here. Well, um, I won't disappoint this time. I definitely do like this movie. While it wasn't my first horror movie, it is something that I saw at a very young age. It, it aired on a local uh, hosted horror show or kind of horror, yeah, horror is called Fright Night Theater. Um, and I think just as a kid, you know, you see a lot of like the nerd geek sites that are obsessed about the, uh, the, uh, what am I, th- what, what word am I thinking? The memories of like watching like cartoons and stuff as a kid. And wow, I watched all that shit too. Movies like this, like Monster Squad, I would say even stuff like Fright Night. To me, that, when I look back at my childhood, this is what I was consuming my time with movies like the gate. Um, movies like this are what I would watch and think, Holy shit. 
uh, I got to find other movies like this. Uh, I got to find other people that like this kind of stuff. Um, just like even like this simple concept of this spooky hole in your backyard has smoke coming out of it and it leads to other shit. When I was growing up, uh, the first house we moved to when we moved to California, I didn't have a, a bottomless pit in my backyard, but there were some underdeveloped areas in the neighborhood that had their own set of like folklore. And of course, you know, it's all bullshit, but we were scared for certain reasons. And I instantly related to like looking out your window and seeing some scary shit on the horizon and just, you know, the stories went from there. I like how I think what X who said it almost gives off like the nightmarish vibe, which totally uh, relates to being a kid and being into the horror genre that this movie hits on that nerve for me. And every time I've seen it since, even as an adult, there's, there's still that little bit that takes me back to my childhood as, you know, a young horror fan. And this movie, it's, it's, it's pretty simple. Um, it's not, you know, it's a, it's a small budget, but it gets, for the most part, it gets everything right. And I still like, uh, I still love it a lot. Every time I watch it, I, I expect like, I haven't seen it in a while before watching it for the show, and I ex- I expected that maybe my expectations were a little too high for it, but by the time it was over, I was like, man, no, it's still freaking good. Uh, interestingly enough, I randomly watched the second one like <laughs> a couple weeks ago, which I brought up on you know our show, and if you haven't seen it, <laughs> don't bother. Tony, I, I I like it more than you, Mike. Let's put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> the second one, yes. Okay, yeah. I mean, uh, the neighbor, the neighbor kid, uh, his friend Terry. I thought he made such a better like sidekick than the main guy. I was just like, fuck. Um, but you know, I like how the original it hits on. Like I said, the the creepy hole in the backyard that could be. That could be anything to a kid. Like I said, the the creepy house, the the tree, the the landscape across the street. That's there's nothing developed there. That's creepy to go. We would ride bikes as kids to uh, parts of the neighborhood that just weren't developed yet, and it was always creepy, kind of investigating that. Um, so I think it could, you know, it really, it really relates how, how something innocent to an adult, like, oh, there's just a stupid hole in the backyard from the tree we took down. Um, but I, I still have a lot of fun with this movie, even like the stuff like, yeah, like the heavy metal playing backwards, it plays on that kind of folklore, like, oh shit, it's, it's going to summon the demons. Um, I thought the creature design was pretty cool. They look like some evil little spooky bastards. I like the, the 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 was it a construction worker that was like in the wall? Um, I I, I yeah, don't was, I don't. Oh, go ahead, I'm sorry. No, I was to say yeah, he was one of the, the the story that Terry told was that he was the the and he made it up, uh, which is that makes it that much creepier. Was that he was a construction worker who died while they were um, constructing that area and they didn't want to tell anyone, so they hid him in the wall of their house. Yeah. Okay. Um. That was cool. I liked how um, the the demons or the fucking whatever you would label them, they're pretty relentless because there were so many times in the movie where, like, they would overcome a little bit of what was going on and it would just keep on coming back 
twice as bad. Um, the eye on the hand was fucked. As a kid, that scared the shit out of me. And then when he stabs in, it's like not there. Oh, I just stabbed my fucking hand. That was amazing. Um, the confrontation at the end with the giant demon. And then you know, as he's going down the stairs and you see like the blood on the wall and all that <laughs> symbols and stuff. Just uh, the portrait was, of his family, like with all the, yeah. all of them like murdered. I thought that was really cool. It was even the damn moth scared me in this as a kid. Like, <laughs> like I was like, God damn, those are some aggressive moths. <laughs> but yeah, overall, I I really enjoy this movie. I, I I still have a good time with it. Yay! Yeah, I was watching it. And I was commenting to X like, oh, these folks got homeowners insurance. You know, just <laughs> all the time. What is up with these neighbors, man? None of these, nobody noticed anything. Yeah. I mean, good lord. Uh, <laughs> people in suburban areas are, you know, they're supposed to be, you know, they they know their neighbors, and, and <laughs> that just they had nothing to do with any. They're like, oh nope, this I hear nothing. This wasn't Quest of Verde we're talking about here. <laughs> and were the kids watching like Cannibal Ferox on the TV downstairs? What? <laughs> So well, I said, I actually said, I was like, are they watching Cannibal Holocaust? And uh, Brian was like, I think it's actually Cannibal Ferox. And you'd only get to see a couple snippets of it, but that's exactly what it looks like. And so I actually went online and I waited for the to roll to see if they credited anything. And they didn't mention it at all. So then I went all over, I all over the Internet trying to find out if anyone had ever mentioned you know exactly what they were watching on TV just to see because you know like uh, that random shit you can find anything on the internet I couldn't find anybody talking about it not even a word but I so our we what we surmise is that it was likely Cannibal Ferox but um, that's bizarre you know <laughs> um, uh, there was something else I was going to bring to like neighbors not paying attention inappropriate movie on TV <laughs> something else ah shit Anyway, goddamn, this movie's fun. Yeah, yeah. From, from what I can see, you know, well, well, the house got destroyed anyway, but a lot, a lot of the stuff. Well, the demons are. I think you. I thought you saw just enough of the demons. For you, you knew there was a lot of them, but you didn't see a ton of them doing stuff. But you, you know, they were intimidating enough for you to know that they were there and they were apparent. But I thought a lot of the stuff was whatever this force was, you know, playing on their personal fears and nightmares, which yeah, something I didn't notice watching all the other viewings and watching it now with a critical eye, you know, like as far as, you know, um, I keep saying Lewis, but his, his name is Terry, but uh, Terry's uh, mother, they, they, they tell you that she, she, she's died. You know, she's, she's been dead for a while and it plays on him. But of course it's the dog and, and Terry throws the dog down. And then does that kill the dog? You don't know if that kills the dog or not. If the dog was dead already. It could have been, but, and uh, that 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 was a uh, a big part of the film that I thought I thought I enjoyed more this time around from all the other times I watched this film that I caught something new that it could could be I could be totally wrong of course but you know I thought that uh, accident like like you mentioned that the family photo of all of them being dead that was pretty bizarre mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that that play, played on a little little Stevie Dorf you know who I thought was a little. Bit, <laughs> I hate to call a kid a little bitch, but he well, cried he a whined lot. a lot. He did. He, he was like, "Call mom and dad. Call mom and dad. Oh, shut the fuck up." 
They're coming home tomorrow. You don't need to call him now. But he was the youngest character there. He didn't know how to handle that shit. Well, no, I know. But and and I also really did like him as a person, because when Terry was like, how long do you think these moths can breathe without air? And he's like, dude, that's cruel. You know, I I was like, he is a sweet kid. Like he is a I like him. He's a good guy. And that's like really all the characters, like even the shitty sisters who were kind of bitchy. They weren't that bitchy. They were just playful bitchy. I mean, they just, you know, and they were cowards, but, you know, whatever. No one was a straight-up asshole here. Like, Eric um, went all over town trying to find an open animal shelter to drop off their dead dog, which I'm like, why would you even do that? Why wouldn't you just bury it? You got a hole back there. I mean, (laughs) that's where my mind would go. But I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't take the family pet to an animal shelter in my parents' absence. I would, you know. I don't know. They're coming home tomorrow. I'd let them decide what to do with it. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. But they were nice kids. You know, these were good, nice characters. And um, that's something that we had a wealth of back then. We don't so much have that now. Truth. Yeah, they really did have a real mean-spirited friend in this movie that you didn't give two shits about. And all of a sudden, something bad happens to that character. And, you know, you really don't care. But these were all pretty good-spirited kids. Except, like you said, the sisters, you know. Well, just, just give him some Gerbers or something. Just shut yeah. the fuck up. You know? I mean, but, the, you know, that's like, uh, that's just the way it's supposed to be. You're supposed to, like, fight with your siblings, friends, or whatever. I don't know. Terry even, like, I the moment where he throws the dog down, and then they come out of their bedrooms, and he's down there with the dog, and he's, like, petting the dog, and he looks so incredibly remorseful. It just, that breaks my heart a little bit, you know, because this wasn't even his dog, but he feels really bad you can tell and it just i that's a very sweet moment sad yeah. moment, but sweet and then yeah, he's I, like it's okay he was 97 <laughs> <laughs> well see you smell you're 97 smell smelly dog you know that that's okay though i I'm, I'm i'm a dog person so i felt a little sad with the dog died you know but um yeah i love, I love this film because it's, it's it's suburbia it's that you know that that cul-de-sac feel you know with same way I felt that not 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 a better movie than this, but like for sure, the Living Dead Two pulled it off pretty well. Yeah, for you yeah, know, for sure. That with the the, the 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 small area, you know, like, like Mike said, like constantly under construction, so there's nothing to do but to go play around in abandoned in abandoned houses or abandoned you know constructs, and you know. Poltergeist did it too, really well. Yeah, it's kind of over the edge, isn't it, Gary? Oh yeah, don't don't bring up that movie. That's that's bad. Okay. I'll start getting Gary. I'll start getting Gary emotions. And, you know, <laughs> uh, I hear you. I hear the feels. Yeah, man. Poor, poor, poor Richie. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, this is great eighties, great, great anytime film for me. So yeah, I, I give it high praise, but I'll leave it to Mike. Anything else you want to say about the gates sir? Uh, I would just say, you know, if I would assume most of your listeners have seen it, but if they're, is uh anyone who hasn't don't be uh turned off or shy because um it center, centers around kids as the main stars it's it's pretty dark actually and uh i think that it it builds pretty pretty well and the conclusion is cool and uh uh the stop motion is really good and uh i think um if you even haven't seen it as a kid like most of us have. I think it'll still give you some nostalgia to childhood anyway. 
So, uh, go seek it out. It's, it's pretty easily obtainable through many, many means. Um, so, uh, track it down and watch it. Um, and, uh, there is a sequel out there, but that's a discussion for another time. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie Jenkins. Um, I mean, chances are if you're around my age, you saw this movie. Um, but, uh, if for some reason you didn't, then you definitely need to watch it. And I think Mike is absolutely right. Even if you didn't see it at a younger age, when you watch this movie, you will feel it. Yeah. Not, um, anyone, um, younger than that, who maybe hasn't had the opportunity for whatever, like maybe this is what's wrong with <laughs> the, the whippersnappers today. I don't know. Like maybe they're not being raised right. Like maybe they're not being, um, raised on the right shit i i i don't know but i i I just feel like there's a distinct difference between the our generation and then the 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 very young generation who are just i feel like they're coddled too much and and everything is nerfed for them and everything is wrapped in rubber and it's just like oh we can't pot you know we can't give them something we can't let them watch something that might scare them that would be awful um you know if you have kids, let them watch this movie. I think it, it's important. Um, maybe not if they're two, you know, I don't know the case that they won't get it. I mean, cause I was, I was like 13 when this came out. So, you know, just kid, kid. But I mean, I could have watched this when I was eight. Uh, it just, of course, I don't know, to be fair at that point, I was already watching. Yeah, whatever. Anyway, watch the goddamn movie. I don't know what I'm talking about anymore. <laughs> I'm old. Sometimes I lose my train of thought. <laughs> X. This is how this is how you do it. For sorry for jumping in there. I, I was just gonna say this is this is uh how you do it. Uh, kids horror. I don't even know. I don't know if anyone has it up at the moment on IMDb. I don't even know what this is rated. But I can I can tell you right now. Like this is, this is the type of movie where if it aired, say like on Chiller or Sci Fi or even on network TV, I don't think they would really have to cut that much out. Maybe a couple like episodes of cursing. Here and there throughout the movie, if I remember, I remember. what the hell's going on. Other, I don't really remember even a lot of bad words in this. I mean, basically, there's one time when when the girl gets she faints and she gets up off the floor and she's like, "What the hell's going on?" Um, yeah, that's the only. I, one I don't I think I they would cut that out. But I mean, it's an example of how to do a movie like you can do scary <clears throat> without, you know, needing to go overboard in the other departments. Um, and I think this movie for that age group would be pretty dark and scary. Uh, and I, I'm trying to think because I don't know if it was rated R or PG or PG-13. PG-13, Mike. Okay. Um, and you just see that like most and not all because you, you don't want to generalize. But like PG-13 movies, a lot of the horror ones today, they just – they don't have kind of this this dread feeling to them like this does uh, – I would almost say like the movie, I think for a kid watching, it almost gave you like that unsettling feeling. But for me as a kid, that was great. Like that's what I, as I was watching it, it's what made me want to seek out more just because it, it was kind of unsettling. Um, and it was just, you know, like I said, a, simple, a pretty simple concept, but uh, that's to me, that's everything you want in a horror movie that's has kids, that's how to do it right. So I'll shut the hell up and let it get to X. 
again, this is a movie that I think we all we all love this movie. I don't think we can all explain this movie. Even during this conversation, we were like, no, 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 that's not what happened. <clears throat> and that's and that's fine. I don't have a problem with that because, again, we're running on that kind of dream logic where not everything is spelled out, not everything specifically makes sense, and even worried about, like you were worried about dialogue for whether it be edited for television, you know, there's not a whole lot of dialogue to this. It's really kind of a minimalist approach to horror because everything is so visual and it depends so much on what your imagination is doing with the film on the in, in, in like the back of your mind where it's putting things together and it's making those logical connections that aren't necessarily spoken. Um, and again, if you're a kid, that's great. That's fucking educational. That's some helpful shit. That's what... Another thing the kids don't get nowadays is the opportunity to figure things out for themselves, you know, and, Preach it. and, and wonder, you know, how did this work? Why did this happen? Hmm. Let me think about that before I go to fucking Google and ask somebody else. So yeah, I'm pinpointing what your age is, Jamie, just by what you've said about this movie. I'm a couple years older than you are. And yeah, I saw this in the theater too. And I would not hesitate to take, a seven to 10 year old kid to it. I wouldn't even blink. I'd be like, yep, let's go. This is cool. Let's roll. <laughs> yeah. Know? Hell yeah. Because hell yeah. yeah, because you need to see shit like this. You need to see fucking <laughs> monsters coming out of your walls. And you also need to see a kid, uh, be the hero. Mm -hmm. No matter how weirdly that third act panned out. I'm a hero. Cause I've got to be. I got I'm a, a hero rocket. I gotta be. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, I just because... I just punched an eyeball out of my palm. I guess I'll go get the fucking missile. Um, <laughs> just be done with it. But yeah, kid is a hero. Good. I mean, yeah, fucking Terry was messed up, but he was still, you know, like the best friend the kid ever had. The the big sister wasn't a total bitch. Al, Krista Denton, Gary. I know where you're at right now. Um, so. Yeah, it's like healthy relationships and dealing with really scary stuff in a manner that a child would have come up with. So it's, yeah, it's great. Everyone gather your nieces and nephews and grandchildren and kids, you know, off the street, whoever you can snatch from the Kmart, bring them home, make them watch the gate. <laughs> I'm not condoning child didn't stealing. Then leave them alone home, at home for the weekend with like some book to summon demons and see how they handle it. You know, it's just you know, did you them, soak this in? And tell them to fill up the hole in the backyard or else they're grounded for a week. Yeah. <laughs> and don't play that record backwards. That's right. You gotta go out there and dig a hole at Bill's character. Or if your pet dies, do not put them in the hole there. <laughs> fair, and don't take it past the deadfall. They didn't put the dog in the hole, to be fair. <laughs> Eric did. Yes, he did. <laughs> you just stand over him and go, get that dirt out of my hole. Why is that dirt in my hole? Why is your dirt? Why is my... Oh, fuck. How does that go? <laughs> I forget. Anyway, cool hand looking with the damn hole is what I'm trying to say. You've been bad. Yeah, I was going to mention that. I was going to mention that all day long because that's still one of the scenes that startles me to this day because... It's really the only really scary part of the scene, if part of the movie where 
the parents come home and they're like, oh, we're in trouble already because my, my father's home. And then it's not the father at all. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and they followed up. Yeah. When they followed up with the phone call, it's like, yeah. Shit. You know, it's something else we had in the 80s, too. And then, God damn it, I keep saying it. I know I can't help it. But something else that was prevalent back then was a happy ending where like everything tied up nicely you know and all the uh, everything came back and ended the way it should have like even fucking night of the comet had a happy ending (laughs) um it just it that's just the way it was and now everything is so nihilist and everything is so just and, and you know i like a dark ending you know from time to time i'm not saying it's a bad thing i i enjoy so forget reanimator jamie when everything well oh there you go well you know there was still hopefulness you heard, <laughs> okay. heard her scream so it worked um i like a nice dark ending it's just i feel like that's all there is now like there is just no hope left you know i i don't know and there was a certain hopefulness uh, around this it's just a a different it was a different time yeah. plus colors they actually used colors in their movies which was a good thing <laughs> And the, and the to camera a green stated, filter over everything. Yes, and the camera stayed in one fucking spot. <laughs> oh boy! And the music was yeah. better, and the air was cleaner, and we had WWEF ice cream pops, and everything was perfect. Oh, yeah. I miss those. The ice cream bars—that was like my number one selection off the ice cream truck. We had a fucking oh, picture of Ronald Reagan on my living room wall, which I never will ever understand. Jesus, what? Yeah, yeah, seriously. I, my granddad, I told you I was raised by my grandparents. My granddad was a huge Reagan fan. And uh, we had they, we had a framed picture of Ronald Reagan on my living room wall. And uh, my grandmother also voted for Reagan, but not because she really cared about politics. She just thought Mondale was ugly. <laughs> she was ahead of her times. <laughs> Unrelated, my mother used to have a giant poster of Joe Montana framed in our house. Yeah. Oh man, I love Joe Montana. <laughs> my grandmother, my grandmother, I shit you not, my grandmother had an oil painting in her dining room of me, and it was the most god awful thing in the world. Hmm. <sighs> oh, Jeffrey, sit still. Dude. Well, at least she knew you. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> She's like, I want to paint you wearing this, wearing only this. <laughs> I was all stretched out on that Shea Lounge and, you know, I had that diamond. It was awesome. <laughs> Did you say paint me like one of your French girls? Like grandma? one of your French girls. <laughs> <laughs> this show is very revealing, I will say. <laughs> this is all to your, your, your benefit, people, okay? We're, get, we're getting into the beef portion of the show. <laughs> but um if i haven't said how much i love this sometimes movie sometimes beef goes rancid <laughs> yes hey that's the truth if, if i haven't said how much i love this movie uh during this review and you guys aren't listening then um so i'm not even gonna go anymore because it's all been said uh, and we'll go straight into ratings i'll start with our guest mike with your rating for the gate <sighs> i am going to say this one gets eight out of ten for me Great. Uh, Jamie? I'm going to say a nine. I, there really is very little that I would change about this film. I mean, really, the only thing I said I, uh, that I have 
issue with is I think that the end felt a little bit rushed. It was a little bit too easy. But then, ah, fuck that. At the same time, it's a kids movie. So, you know, what do I, what do I want? Um, but, uh, yeah, this is a nine for me. This is super, super solid. Um, X. Uh, the gate is great. I give it an eight. <laughs> great. Uh, yeah, sentiment of value probably play a big role in this, but I'm going to try to rate it, you know, directly and say there's, much like Jamie said, there's not much wrong with this movie. I, I have a theory about The Rocket, too, being, you know, it's it's pretty much set up that, that the sisters outgrown Glenn, and that's something they used to like to do together was blow off those rockets, and, you know, the fact that she spent all of her dough at the mall to get him a rocket so they could set off together was, I think, that the power the power of love was in that rocket, and it, it uh, that's what destroyed the creature. So it, it was a love rocket? Yes, it, the love rocket. Of, yeah. <laughs> Did he find his power. love gun? <laughs> no, don't make it, don't make it, don't make it nasty, okay? That's all I'm saying. <laughs> what the fuck? I can not make it nasty. Just visually, the monster's true love story. came down, and, okay, I'm done. The, the, the love that this brother had for his sister. That's all I'm saying. And, uh, yeah, not, not in a weird way, you know. <laughs> the Gate, the prequel to Flowers in the Attic. It definitely. And I'm going to recommend The Gate to Trespassers because it's a film I enjoy. It, you get, you get, um, Glenn back in a movie that, like, like Mike said, and he captures the little creatures and all of a sudden he has, like, genie powers and they make wishes and eventually their wishes literally turn to shit. But I think the closing, the closing, um, you know, the, the climactic end of that movie is a lot better than the movie allows it to be. We should have the same, it has the same director and everything. So, mm-hmm. so, uh, it's, it's free to watch on YouTube if you guys want to check it out. This movie, uh, I think it has a nice, I don't forget what's on there, but there are extras on the Lionsgate edition of this film. If you guys want to pick that up from Amazon. Um, and with that, um, we'll come back. We'll close out the show. Once there was a show called the Not-So-Evil Episode Sidecast. It was a long name, Batman. No one could ever remember it. They released 25 episodes of brilliant film criticism. And like that, he's gone. Now, six months later, we're back. I didn't know we were gone. We've got a brand new name, new movies to review, but the same old attitude. Foul language and obscure references? Count me in. Each episode, we pick a topic, watch four movies related to that topic, then bicker amongst ourselves to decide which film is the best. We're the theme warriors! Join Iris, Jeffrey X. Martin, Doug Tilly, and myself for Theme Theme Warriors. Warriors. Four people, four movies, one dynamite show. Catch us on iTunes, Stitcher, and the Horophilia Network of Podcasts, as well as the Legion Podcast Network. That's the Theme Warriors! Don't want to sleep no more. Who are you people? An Evil Dead TV show? No way. Negan is coming to The Walking Dead. That's awesome. Don't you guys think a werewolf series is long overdue? Oh, hello there. Are you looking for coverage of horror on the small screen that you can't find on any other podcast? Then welcome to Evil Episodes Podcast, where we take an in-depth look at horror around the dial, covering everything from today's hits like The Walking Dead, American Horror Story, and The Strain. As well as looking back into the TV horror vault to discuss anthologies like Tales from the Crypt, Monsters, Masters of Horror. Yeah, but do any of those shows have werewolves in them? What movies will become a TV series next? Just how many more seasons will every CW show get? Where would they put some damn werewolves on TV? 
tuning to Evil Episodes Podcast for all your horror on television needs and more. I need werewolves. Hey, did I mention how Lovecraftian all this actually is? You know those old-time radio shows with the married couples who bicker about the kids and the car and the neighbors? Our podcast is a lot like that. Yeah. Well, if you replace the kids, the car, and the neighbors with devil movies, theology, and vodka. My name is X. And I'm Cootie. And we are the hosts of Kiss the Goat, a different kind of movie podcast. Every episode, we review a devil movie. You know, possessions, exorcisms, the Antichrist, and we stomp a mud hole in it, even if we like it. We are huge fans of comparative religion, and we love to compare real belief systems with what Hollywood seems to think belief systems are. But don't think we're not civic-minded, because each episode includes our Satan in the News segment, where our fearless correspondent, Sin Fallon, documents the eternal struggle between good and evil. And, as high-functioning alcoholics, we give every movie its own drinking game, so that you can enjoy the movie just like we did. Ripped to the tits. <laughs> and there is ever so much more to the show than that. And let me tell you, it ain't for kids. Hell, it ain't for most adults. But it might be for you. You won't know until you listen to Kiss the Goat exclusively on the Legion Network of Podcasts. That's Kiss the Goat. We're the lighter side. Of the dark side. <laughs> My films! Oh, gimme, gimme, gimme! Ah, Chinema. Porkies? Meatballs, too? Enjoy your crap fest. <laughs> oh, go read the bell jar, you poser! Klaus, prepare to feast your eyes on the majestic grandeur of the silver screen! Everyone makes mistakes. Take me, Michael Corbin. I was just your average underachiever flunking out of high school. And the only way to graduate was by taking a class trip to Europe with a French club. Michael Corbin, first class. First class? How? Ow! I think there's been a mistake here, which led to a case of mistaken identity. Walk quickly, they already know you're here. Hey, what are you doing? Eric Richardson, British intelligence. It turned me into a secret agent. Well, just who do you think I am? Michael Corbin, deep cover agent for the CIA. Michael Corbin, French class reject. Suddenly, I'm filling someone else's shoes. They'll adhere to any surface. And driving the company car. Get out of town. I can drive this baby out of here right now. Yes. Piece of cake. I can just figure out how to get the window down. Yeah, funk driver's ed, too. I'm not complaining. They're gorgeous women. <laughs> Bonsoir, Monsieur Colvin. Uh, boner. Yes, swar. <laughs> there can be no more mistakes. Kill him. And dangerous men. Now, all I have to do is rescue a beautiful girl. We're all gonna die! No, Corbin's here. That's what I mean! Save Europe. We graduate high school. French club. Hey, no problem. Richard Grieco, if looks could kill. 
the new American hero. John Stamos is Stargrove. Stargrove. Vanity is Donja. Gene Simmons is Ragnar. Yeah! Never too young to die. Rated R. Look, I'm not the first guy who fell in love with a girl he met in a restaurant who then turned out to be the daughter of a kidnapped scientist, only to lose her to a childhood lover who she'd last seen on a deserted island and who turned out 15 years later to be the leader of the French underground. I know it. It all sounds like some bad movie. Got a girl named Daisy. She almost drove me crazy. Got a girl named Daisy. She almost drove me crazy. She walked me to the east. She walked me to the west. But she's the girl that I love best. So to the fruity, oh Rudy. 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 A walk of a loop and a lot bamboo. I'd like to thank uh, Mike Merriman for being on the show and uh, talking about two shitty movies and one good movie. Uh, <laughs> Michael, to tell the folks uh, where they could find you and uh, pimp your stuff, sir. All right. Well, I do uh, the Evil Episodes podcast with Jamie Jenkins, who you've been listening to all this episode, as well as Brian M. Sammons. That can be heard on Horrorphilia and Legion currently. We uh, we talk a bunch of horror, but the main focus of the show is TV horror. So as you can imagine, Walking Dead, American Horror Story, um, Bates Motel, all that good stuff. We we try to go back and look at older stuff, too, like Tales from the Dark Side, Tales from the Crypt. Just with so much damn shit airing on TV currently, it's it's hard to make time for the older stuff. But if you look in our archives, we got uh, we got stuff going on there. And, and then. Um, the sidecast, which I might not even call it a sidecast anymore with its return because it's kind of becoming its own thing. It's a monthly show, which we just changed the name to Theme Warriors, as you heard earlier. And uh, uh, Jeffrey X. Martin is actually one of my co-hosts on that, as well as Doug Tilly and Iris from uh, – I always get the name of it wrong. It's the Bloods, Boobs, and Body Count. Is that what it is? Badasses, Boobs, and Body Count. BB and BC. I always know the abbreviation. Badasses, boobs, and body counts. That's it. Jamie got it. Um, so that, our return episode, we'll be recording in a couple days for that. So that's where you can hear me as well as wherever I show up on other people's shows, which is always the funnest thing to do. So uh, that's what you got for me. Uh, Jamie Jenkins. Yes. Um, well, I don't have to talk about evil episodes because Mike just did that. Uh, the Skeleton Crew is going to be making a triumphant return uh, sometime in mid-February. 
Uh, also, there's the ABCs of Hidden Horror, which we've obviously gotten episode A out, which I talked about last time, and our bonus episode, which I talked about before. And then episode B will be coming out soon. Um, very shortly, the second episode of Dark Regions Radio will be coming out, where we interviewed author John Langan. And I read two of his short stories. They're super short stories. Um, one, like, takes me, like, five minutes to read. I mean, they're, like, really micro stories. Um, and the other one is about 15 minutes. So um, that was really fun to do. And um, and the stories behind those stories are pretty fun, too. And he tells us all about those during the interview. So uh, be on the lookout for that show. And uh, especially if you like to do some reading. And uh, I guess that's about it uh, for me. Liking it. Liking it. I don't. I I, I was thinking about that the other day. I was like, oh, I need to do that. Especially since you sent me the link or the, you know, the, you linked me to the new werewolf movie. Um, What was it called? Uh, Oh, Uncaged or something like that. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was like, ah, I need to get back on liking it. So hopefully I will be doing that soon. I would like to because I miss that show. Beautiful. X. Oh, I am everywhere, it seems like. It feels like it. I know I'm not, so cut that part out. Um, you can find me. <laughs> I'm, I'm here on the Cinema Beef Podcast, and I am part of Mike's show, Theme Warriors, which will be making its return here pretty soon. We're recording over the weekend. I'm on Guilty as Charged, the Night Stalker retrospective with Gil Rokitansky and and Newtie himself. What else am I doing? Good grief. I've got a new podcast starting at the end of February, beginning of March, but I can't really talk about that yet. That's still in the planning stages, but <clears throat> it's coming. And you can read my stuff on Pop Shifter and Dirge Magazine, which Dirge is really an awesome uh, rag to work for. And you can find me on Twitter at Jeffrey X Martin. You can find me on Facebook and you can find me hiding in your closet, typing with one hand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, you could find me on, you know, obviously here on the two drink room commentaries. Uh, I did a guest spot on uh, the geek chat army. Uh, I did actually, we did two episodes at once. That should be out by the time you guys hear this, at least one of those with a, uh, Court Psyops, who does another show called Cinema Psyops, which I'm going to guest on as well. He's, he, he really he really digs our stuff, and he's going to come on this show as well, possibly on the next episode. With uh, we, yeah, we'll talk about that after this, but he, he might be on the next show with us. And uh, if you've listened to that show yet, the Cinema Psyops show, it, it, uh, it's really great. It's one of those shows where they take like two hours and they go through the entire movie. So if you don't like spoilers... Uh, watch the movie first and then listen to the Cinema Slab show. It's, 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 uh, it's pretty great. They're pretty, they break it down pretty well. And, um, yes, as, as far as it goes, uh, looking for those ratings on iTunes and you could, uh, much like Mike, Mike is a big convention goer himself. And, uh, I like to go as well. And I have some spare autographs that I'm going to mm-hmm. give away to you people. If you guys rate and review us on iTunes, your name will go, uh, not in a physical head, but maybe like one of those magical internet counter lottery thingies, you know, and uh, you could be one of the winners if you come and rate and review us on iTunes. That are two dream minimum commentaries as well. Any, any show I produce, Sloppy Seconds, I'm on with Corey Graham. You could come and rate and review that. Just uh, let me know 
Maybe Corey to... will let you borrow his hat of pain. His hat of pain. <laughs> his hat of pain, yes. He'll resurrect that. And if, uh, if you do that, you could, uh, you could be, a, you could be a big winner, baby. That's all I'm saying. Uh, <laughs> I sound like Vince Vaughn. Like, who, who, who's the, who's the big winner, baby? Come on now. I, I love swingers. I can't help. I, I can, I can't forgive Vince Vaughn for some of his transgressions, but yeah, you know, swingers is pretty great still. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, besides that, I don't have a whole lot more to say except, uh, thanks always for listening. And if, if you will, you know, Hit the donate button on legionpodcast.com and you can, uh, help us get our name out there more as far as the network goes. And, uh, our admin, that, 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 that cat from Nashville, Mr. Bo Ransdell and us will, we will surely appreciate that. And, uh, all that pimp and all that horn. Well, I'll leave it at this and say here at the Sydney podcast, if you got beef, we've got the grinder. See you guys next time. <laughs>